Hey gang, for those of you who enjoy QF, a podcast about Howard Stern, and would like to donate to us just via PayPal, you can using the email address johnnythegreek21 at gmail.com. You can check the link in the description for the spelling, and it's also here on the graphic. And if you'd like to do more in terms of uh, donations or subscriptions, you can use our Patreon account and subscribe via the black kluge level and you can receive our weekly content that we're putting only on patreon it's exclusive for that platform and um anything over five dollars is just gravy guys we love you thank you so much i have zero um i have zero inbox do you know that we do another contract here. Let's do a three-hour show. We should be done right now. Well, you're having this negotiation with me. That's the only problem. Well, who am I supposed to negotiate with, <laughs> Fred? And uh, the one thing I don't respond well to is humiliation. I don't respond well to it at all. You know, I don't want to be told what a shithead I am. I don't want to be, you know, this, those days are over. I've, I've suffered enough in this business. I don't need to, to find out what a shithead I am. Are you ready for this? You cut your hair, man. What yeah. do you do? What's going on? I'm getting old. So I what? You know, you, I can't keep it like yours. You know, I'm, I'm old too. So what? Yeah, but you're ugly. Uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Jesus. What are you saying? I need well, the you, hair? You need it. No, well, I need it. Well, you need it. Well, you know, it's just <laughs> interesting when people have their kids on the air. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if a kid was a fuck-up, you just keep them quiet. I put my kids on the air more, but they, they want no part of it. When you're trying to just have a friendly conversation... When he's irritable, the things you do every day become the wrong thing to do. That's true. He doesn't listen. That's right. But the most irritating thing of all is that we used to be good friends, and we just aren't anymore. I still love him, but he says everybody's expendable, and I just have to live with that. I was going to look for a Nikki Hilton. Wait, you, but you see, those good-looking rich, kid, rich uh, girls, they don't go for a guy like me because they don't need my money. And Rickles tells me this story. So Beth says to Don Rickles, gee, I wonder what they say about me. <laughs> Don Rickles goes, you. No one cares about you. You don't even know that important. No one says anything about you. No one. No one talks about you. I don't you're even not, know you. You're not that big. Reveal. I do have to ask, do you think there's a physical match between him and Beth? Do you? <laughs> yes, they're both tall and have ten fingers. <laughs> yeah, they look right together. <laughs> I don't know, they look more right together now. It was just on the regular show. <laughs> it just occurred to me that I messed Like, who get, like, I, uh, it dawned on me, like, two days ago, who's a, like, my hair's going to get crazy because... Yeah. I don't have, like, a, I'm not going to get a haircut. And then Beth goes, I'll cut your hair. But you can't cut my hair because my my hair is curly. It's, a, you need, it's you, hard to cut your hair. QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore, your host. And with me is Sam. How are you, Sam? I'm very uh, bright today. <laughs> yeah. New uh, new bulb in the lamp, hence very bright and in two ways. Also very acknowledgeable because we're going to go into the Seinfeld getting uh, go- going for coffee, com- comedians in cars, getting coffee or whatever the fuck. And But we've got a few other clips that we're going to use in, a, in addition to because... 
I did a little research. This thing aired 2014. I don't remember the exact date, but it was part of season three of that show. And it was originally on Crackle. And then he leased it to Netflix after a point. And uh, I was just telling Sam, 100 million streams, uh, downloads uh, for the whole series, which is pretty amazing considering it just seemed so fluffy and pointless. I remember when it first came out, the concept, I was like, this seems stupid. But then I actually, I liked some episodes. I mean, some were terrible, but some were great. Yeah. And I think there's a Vulture online article about, you know, rating the the episodes from best to worst. Wiggy's is one of the worst rated because, well, you'll see it when you when you see it through us if you haven't already. But I did a spot check because I downloaded only the ones I wanted from various seasons. The average length is I'll go just the lengths. 1843, 1927, 2115, 23 minutes, nine seconds, 2144, 1853. The only one that was shorter than Wiggies, which was 13 minutes and 22 seconds, was the Bob Einstein first video uh, at 12 minutes, 18 seconds. Um, and typically, early on in the first season, most episodes were about 17 minutes, and I think they realized they needed to have it a little longer anyway, just so they could make it a half-hour episode and add commercials if they wanted to. Right. Plus, I think when the original idea of it, it was more uh, gimmicky, like... Uh, it was supposed to be shorter, yeah, shorter video, easy access, quick watching, yeah, streaming style. type things. Yeah, exactly. and then it became longer, longer. Yeah, it was yeah. different. And I yeah. Wiggy's was so brutal. And even in that short amount of time, he managed to really fuck it up. He did, and if the editing is shitty. Um, the the fact that there's an extra video of the two of them in the same diner talking about transcendental meditation that's on the internet that I took and revamped it because the sound was so low. And we're going to go through that as well, which is really just... So with that, okay, yeah, they recorded closer to 20 minutes, but why didn't they include it in the broadcast? Because it clearly was a shill for either the David Lynch Foundation, which is the biggest sort of TM, modern TM spread, you know, uh, organization that's spreading the word about TM, which cult. is a cult, which, yeah, which is a cult. Like it's a low level. It's not as nefarious as Scientology or, um, the, what's, what was the one, the Allison Mack one called? Oh, uh, that talk crap. Uh, the, next the brand next. Yeah. That's, that's the one that's that one. I mean, I, I just saw a documentary about that recently and it's fucked up. I mean, it's beyond yeah. fucked or up. that yoga one, uh, that hot yoga. Oh, hot yoga. The one, the guy that was, uh, fucking the uh, students basically. Yes. Yes. My wife watched that and she was like, you got to watch that some was- of this. Yeah, I was watching. I started that with Rick and he's like, oh, this is going to be terrible. And then we were yeah. both so shocked he's like what every five seconds we were like what the fuck yeah i mean any okay we're not going to get into the uh the ins and outs of too much of the cult stuff but they'll save that for the end and we'll talk a little bit more about it but in the meantime we're going to start going back quite a ways uh i would say early 2000s and this is a, a clip of tom chiasano coming in and telling everybody telling howard that seinfeld will not allow his dvds to be advertised on the show I, I got to tell you something about Seinfeld. He is, you know, the, he's got the DVD coming out, which is why he's now doing, spending a lot of money. We're not advertising the show. Why? Oh, on my show specifically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a dick. Ah, then screw him. Screw him. Yeah. 
Really? Why? Really? You know, it's a funny thing. I was because thinking I, about that. Know, I'm sorry. I, I think the, the my perception is because of everything that happened, you know, and the bad blood where he used you, to show. He's still carrying a grudge. Can I tell you yeah. something? I've seen Jerry 20 times privately since then. I mean, I know the guy. <laughs> I know him. And you might. He, he, this is one of those things where he's seen him or he's been in the same room with him, but they probably had no interaction or very little interaction. And if you knew the guy, why would it? Why would you proceed to do the seventeen song, and you know, spend hours of time trashing him about his young girlfriend, or his sex life, or his comedy show, or his yep. TV show, or his dating life, or everything else that you did? Right. Well, the only reason to get back at him for doing that is because you remember that 92 episode where Seinfeld tells him during a phone in not to do fart man and he uh, just goes ape shit for eight minutes. Yes, he could not handle the criticism. Which no, it, it wasn't even really criticism. It was just, hey, I don't think this is a good idea. Right. And he, he just he destroyed Howard. I've never heard such a more a more dominant person talk on the phone with him or in person and just take him to pieces. And that's the difference between a guy like Seinfeld, who's a fucking road dog, like comic tried, tested. He's been on the Carson show, the most stressful fucking, uh, standup appearance you could possibly do. And he can, he can handle that. It's nothing to talk to Howard because he knows he's a low IQ piece of shit. And if you couldn't tell from the VMAs, that Fartman <laughs> performance totally flopped. So yeah. if you didn't learn anything from that whole experience, mm -hmm. hello, yeah. he was really trying to help you along there, buddy. That's right. So anyway, we'll play a little bit more of this out. He's talked to me. I've spoken with him. Uh, friendly. And... Um, I have no hard feelings, and I assumed he had none. Well, obviously, he's not doing business with you. Hello, he can, or he can somebody, spare. Or, or you know what, or, maybe somebody below him made a decision that he's unaware of. And I'll tell you what. Uh, Hello. Jerry came to this show when his show, you know, as he admits in the commentary about this. Okay, he was on the show early on, absolutely, but he continued after the show was a hit. He stopped appearing on the show in about 94, in season four. It was already at that point a huge hit. It, gigantic. And it, 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 and was... it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't until the 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 I'm 17 songs uh, song came out. And then he said, fuck it. I don't need to deal with this shit anymore. Let's put the shoe on the other foot. Mm -hmm. The slight that Jerry um, supposedly gave Howard over fart man. Mm -hmm. Howard was livid over. Could you imagine if Jerry did any of the following? <laughs> To Howard, what he did to Jerry. Oh, fuck yeah. And Howard is sitting here right now stewing over the fact that he won't advertise after everything that he did to him. The guy's still talking to you. You're lucky. Yeah. And if he and the truth is, it, it's either and I, I I could see it both ways. I could see Jerry saying, no, I'm not going to I don't need to spend money on them. I don't need them to advertise shit. There's, it'll sell itself uh, or some manager or some person saying, no, why we why we need advertising on the rate on on fucking radio? Screw it. A part of me wonders if Jerry is sometimes friends with him just to toy with him. I'm because certain he now. is he is super intelligent and he does put bits together that are really great and thoughtful. Mm -hmm. I wonder 
I just wonder if he fucks with him because it's so easy and you could see him in conversations kind of just batting the ball around. Oh yeah. It with him. It's it, with, yeah. Jerry's basically hitting the ball against the wall and getting it back. Like he's re- returning every single of one of his own serves. Cause Howard can't hit one of them. And it's like, uh, he, he, he might be, I mean, I'm certain that now at this point, their relationship is such that after all of this, cause I'm not going to play it. He came in preceding the comedians in cars doing coffee episode. Jerry came in to promote the series and he did an interview and he was in the studio of 2013 for the first time in the Marcy Turk era and in all those years before. So he finally got him in and Howard was a lamb. There was no disguising the fact that Jerry had him in his fucking back pocket the whole time. We're not going to go through it because it's about, I don't know, a 60 minute interview, maybe a little less. Yeah, it's really long. Yeah. And he just destroyed him the whole time. And he was obsequious because he needed a-list guests Howard was and he was all like oh do you think I, you think I could be on your show and and he was just as about as big as a pussy as you've ever seen Howard in your life yeah it was definitely the rebranding um new Howard celebrity ass kiss yeah and I think they they did meet whatever separately or privately probably did probably at a TM thing and he said, maybe I will go into Howard enough time had passed and let's fucking now it's on the shoes on the other foot. I've made, made my millions, hundreds of millions on the show Seinfeld. So I don't really need the to promote, but I will promote. And now I can just own this guy because he's desperate. He's a desperate fuck and he wants me bad. He's one guest. I bet they approached. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, it when and when you're being asked, like Madonna being asked, and you sh- change the show to a nighttime schedule so you could record, that's taking it up the ass for a guess. For, oh, for Howard, yeah, for yeah, sure, absolutely, yeah. And you know that probably he was probably seething, and after that Seinfeld interview, he was probably really upset as well, but he wasn't going to show it. So I'll let play a little more of this out. Seinfeld show for a full year and a half. That show was bombing. And I let him come on my show multiple times regularly and and promote that show and help to put that show on the map with him. There was a month. First of all, Seinfeld was on on Thursday nights. The first year it was on uh, the first six or eight episodes were on on Wednesday nights. Right. And there was a period of time for a full month where in six Wednesday nights, we might have let him call in three or four times every Wednesday. They were begging us, please help us. The show's it needs help. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but either way, it did. And he said we had a high, our, our demo was good. That's what kept us on the air, basically. And once they switched it and it became must see, must see TV Thursday nights, boom, it, you know, it was just a matter of getting the right lead in as well. Right. I was going to say, plus they changed the schedule. Totally. Yeah. So he will, he'll like, he'll take full credit for, oh, you know, we got it. We got the ratings. No, no, no. A radio wouldn't have been enough to change a TV show's ratings. There, there was a bunch of factors. He wasn't yeah. the only thing. Yeah. Exactly. I'll tell you what. Well, maybe he's not at. Maybe is he doing radio? Oh yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah, okay. no, no. I, Howard, I try to get him on the show every year. You yeah, were saying, are they advertising on radio right. DVDs? They are. Yes. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. That's uh, the height of hypocrisy. And that's no way to reward your friends. <laughs> that's no way to reward the people who help you. Yeah, after you shit all over him for you know his dating habits, wouldn't you love to have seen Seinfeld go in there and just talk shit about him and Beth? Or him and 
any of Howard's dating habits in the 90s or the stuff he kept secret oh, that totally. you know Jerry probably has some inkling about. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So we'll leave that one there. And then uh, let's see uh, this one. Oh, yeah, go or, ahead. Or how about just say even if you were an adult Howard, say, isn't it great that in the 90s we were a part of this culturally iconic thing where everybody listened to us in the morning and went to bed watching Seinfeld at night. It was this thing. It was this moment in time that Mm -hmm. doesn't happen anymore. Now everybody's so divided in what their watching habits are and listening habits are, but there was this moment in time for a decade where everybody did this. How Mm -hmm. cool is that? He can't see that. He doesn't see, uh, you know, the the glass is not even half empty. It's completely empty, even if it is full. Like, he sees it as it's all shit. And it's uh, a number of factors for that. So the next clip is Seinfeld says Wiggy shows the last resort for failing celebs. Uh, one second. Here's Brian. He's on the phone. He says that uh, he was at a comedy club the uh, last week and he heard Jerry Seinfeld badmouth me. What? Brian, what's going on with this? Just for your, our edification, guys, this is um, March or it's either it's, it says 03, 07, 06. I know it's 2006. Not sure of which is the month and which is the day, but let's continue. Yeah, well, uh, I went to see uh, Jerry Saturday night at the Wang Center, which is kind of an upscale place in Boston, the theater district. Wang Center sounds like my kind of place. Yeah, well, it's, it's really <laughs> not. No, sh- no shit. <laughs> if you can't tell, he's from Boston. <laughs> yeah, that too. But anyways, I sat through. My buddy got this extra ticket. Someone bailed out. I got roped into it. Had to sit through a mediocre show at best. And then at the end, Jerry does this uh, Q&A little thing. And, uh, of course, I'm ready to yell out when you're going to do Howard. Well, someone beat me to the punch. And his response was like this weird. He said something about. Okay, and I'll let it play through, guys. The, the people who do Howard Stern are those whose careers are on a tumble. And the Howard Stern show is the last branch on that tree that you grab onto or, or something like that. And, you know, some of the. Crowd well, that's true. Just pissed. Yeah, he's just making uh, light of the truth. Yeah, I mean, the truth is uh, no one, no, uh, no one who's got anything going on wants to be on this show. Yeah, I was I was amazed he actually admitted that. I was really amazed, actually. I'm a little taken aback, too, to be honest. Because <laughs> normally that's something that would set him right the fuck off. I mean, Rachel Rachel Hunter just did a no-show a month into the show, and he called her a cunt and her get her fat ass and her back fat and all this stuff. Meanwhile, she was stunning, absolutely stunning. I know. she. I remember watching that um, clips of her. Just effortless hair, just toss it back and, like, what? just no makeup who cares just beautiful yeah i mean like just without even without probably even much effort exactly I, oh, I did. God. Uh, Jer- what the hell is his career at this point well he's going, you know he's, he's making a lot of money let's face it but i mean you know jerry jerry does feel that way about the show in fact uh used to come on our show on a regular basis because <laughs> so he'll keep going on this like if you if you just call in with the right question you can almost program him like a fucking synthesizer the same sample will come out oh he was on our show and he did this in a way isn't it kind of like how stuttering john is yes you know, now he... now especially too the kareem abdul jabbar roast if i hear that again <laughs> It is. It's like an old rest home where, you know, <laughs> when pe- when certain people, I remember when my dad's mom was in, you know, the nursing home and she had dementia, certain things you would just talk to her about 
the same things because those were the things she could remember. So you would just trigger that memory because that was the thing she was good at talking about. Because at least she could have a conversation about that because she could remember it. Absolutely. In the book, Private Parts, he goes, there's a chapter devoted to Bob Hope, who by that point was, you know, really well past having a fastball. And he said, the, 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 I can't remember exactly verbatim, but uh, he said, I could get him talking, eventually I could get him talking about George Bush's father, like George Bush Sr., his Prescott Bush. And he's like, and he made, he, he just kind of, uh, he just threw in the word Prescott to Bob Hope and he said, Hey, did I tell you? And that's it. And he just said, you know, like it like clockwork, but that's an, You're right. It's an old person. It's just a standby. It's what do they remember? And sometimes that when that happens, yeah, long-term memory is just fucking like a steel trap. But, uh, with him, it's this thing he can't fucking let go of the fact that Seinfeld said, fuck you. I don't need to, I don't need you. And Seinfeld became bigger than him. He can't take that. But he can't let, he can't ever get a Seinfeld mention without bringing up the fact, oh, he needed me for that show, or it wouldn't yeah. have been anywhere. It wouldn't have right. got off the ground. I, I Those Wednesdays, yeah. calls, those calls. Yep, and also doesn't go, but doesn't also go into his culpability and why he wouldn't go back on. Like, let's no. be real. No, we can't talk about that. No, because it's Seinfeld's fault, so I'll play a little more of this. No one was watching Seinfeld. In the early days of Seinfeld, it was called the Seinfeld Chronicles. He couldn't get anyone to watch. He was very dangerously close to being canceled. Right. And he would come on our show on a regular basis and beg the, the audience time. to. So, so you guys I've never heard, heard this before. You want to hear? <laughs> I've never heard this before. This is yeah, new. We, you mean you didn't just hear it 10 minutes ago? Um, okay, so that was that. And then we're going to go right into it, guys. I'm going to set this right up right after I get this one little short clip about him fucking on uh, the irony of him fucking on Seinfeld's hair. I said earlier, I thought it was kind of weird that Jerry still dyes his hair. Like, you know, when your head becomes that big, <laughs> you know, whatever. You got a little tuft of hair. You'd think the vanity would go out the window, but no. <laughs> Pot and kettle. <laughs> you think the vanity would go out the window? Coming from the guy who's doing a radio show in his basement with a full on wig and sunglasses and scarf. It's uh anyway, that was one of my I threw that in an intro. So one of my intros definitely has that clip, but I thought it would just my, be fun. My <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking during the pandemic, my hair's gonna get crazy. It's gonna get curly. Uh, who's gonna uh, Beth can't cut my hair because it's curly. So you can't get uh, that's a great clip. That was early on. Uh, huh? okay, so we're we're gonna walk right into it, guys. Uh give me a moment here. This is a 1969 Pontiac GTO. But not just any GTO. This is the judge. Now, of course, the reason why the judge, of course, is because he had just gotten the gig on AGT. Uh, Howard did uh, the year before, like in May, in May of the previous year. So, wow, this is a synergy. <laughs> but personally... I thought this was a horrible choice for so many reasons. <laughs> what car would have been better? One of those, uh, di one of those, uh, like 600 pound people carts that they just use drive around like in a die in the pharmacy. Oh my gosh. I thought they should have picked him up in a stretch limo. They should have just gotten the oldest, biggest, like the first stretch limousine with those big was... V antennas at the back. Oh yeah. 
I thought it should have been like the most embarrassing, biggest prom looking velour seated stretch limousines, like so embarrassing looking. Well, it was embarrassing. Well, I guess it didn't have to be because the person he was picking up was embarrassing enough. The name GTO was stolen from the Ferrari. <laughs> I like that it's orange. <laughs> in America, in 1969, we thought, ah, they're all the way over in Italy. They'll never catch us. And the judge was from Sammy Davis Jr.'s character on Rowan and Martin's Laughing. Obviously, guys, I've flipped it, so um, which is just a, hopefully it'll make it on YouTube. Uh, and I actually love the car aspect of Jerry's show that he uses a different car each time uh, because I was when I was a lot younger, I was uh, hugely into cars and the vintage cars especially. So when he gets into the, some of these more obscure models, I think it's actually kind of cool. Here comes the judge. Here comes the judge. I guess in 1969, Pontiac's attitude was copyright. Screw it. We'll decide what's right. Especially with a blacked-out grill, hideaway headlights, a tack on the hood, a rear spoiler, and open hood scoops into a four-barrel, 370-horsepower V8. Hello? I could see so many, like, Italian guys in my neighborhood wanting this car desperately at the time if it if had been, you know, modernized, you know, with whatever in, you know, early 80s. None of this is good for Howard. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be going. Where's the? Uh, where's the? What do you call? Uh, where's the bar? Where's the refrigerator? He, he can't work. He couldn't drive this if if your life depended on it. Mm -hmm. No, none of it. Could you mm -hmm. imagine if he had to? If you put this in front of him and you had to say, "Hey, you have to drive this on your own." Forget it. He There's would no die. Way. Yeah, he would have if you had to survive and your mission was you have to drive this car or you're gonna die, it'd, he'd be dead. Yep. Barry Seinfeld. Oh my God! Remember when you were trying to make it and I came on your show? Oh. Right, right, right. <laughs> or was yeah. it the other way around? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Listen, I got to be honest with you. I really don't want to go to a coffee shop with you. I, I don't give a damn. You're stuck. You have nothing prepared. Nothing believe we're doing this. Isn't that funny? You have nothing prepared. That again is projection. Wig has to have something prepared every time. He ha he can't just go. He used to talk about how he hated talk shows, you know, late night talk shows and how it was so structured. Like it became, you know, plug, 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 my new movie, my new show, my new book, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Meanwhile, there's no one that seems to have to have uh, something to plug or something to something scripted for him before he goes in there. He could not just go like Rickles in there and just improv. He just couldn't. In the early days, he tried and it was a big bomb. And we're going to go through those Letterman appearances eventually. That's a long term project. <laughs> That's very long term because there's yeah. very a lot of them. Oh, shitloads. Um, but this is the problem with this show mm -hmm. for Howard is when he just said, You have nothing prepared. Yeah, because the whole angle about this show is the free form of it. Yeah. Because if you haven't noticed in the podcast world, it is a free form conversation. Yeah. And so this is kind of a take on a podcast, but a little bit more structure with the car. Right. And we're going to have a conversation. But here's the topic of conversation. We'll see where it goes. Howard right. can't do that. Well, it's low. It's low, low tech. Um post-production and even filming it's very it's a very amateur it's like guerrilla filmmaking one camera maybe two 
a couple of inserts, you know, pictures of a couple of dash cameras, whatever, just to, you know, add a little whatever, uh, add some options to the final cut. And then when they're in there, the conversation's supposed to be like two people literally going to a coffee shop and shooting the shit and talking about whatever. And then afterwards, they'll edit out whatever they want and figure out what's the most entertaining thing for the show. And this is all they had for these 13 minutes and 22 seconds. And that's what makes it me, makes me laugh because this is what the best of what they could get. Because they're supposed to be entertaining people. So yes. you'd assume that it's going to have something to it. Right. But this is the problem. You could already tell that when Howard says, you don't have anything, you don't, it's because he was probably told. So what is this going to be about? Oh, well, yeah. here's the, here's the, here's what it's going to be about. So he's probably already sweating bullets knowing, oh my Big God. Time. Here's the topic of conversation. I just have to shoot the shit. He was probably dying. No, oh, yeah, he was shitting. That he was there's shitting bricks. No, there's no formula. No, God, no. And the, and the thing is, he said, I don't want to go to a coffee shop. Now, of course, he always says this, but I don't want to go to this. I don't want to go to that. But he really doesn't want to go somewhere he's not comfortable. Hence why they wouldn't pick him up at his house because they don't want, he doesn't want people knowing where he lives. Meanwhile, everybody knows his residences. It's public, it's, it's public knowledge if you want to look for it. And there's no audience, Fillmore. So he can't no. do the whole stand up and dance, Bingo. Uh, kiss the host. Uh, Jesus pose. Yeah, he can't do the whole audience reaction thing. But also, what is what is all the audience reaction stuff meant to do? It's also meant to kill time. So he doesn't actually have to rely. He has, doesn't have to be interesting on the couch. And if he can shave off 30 seconds just doing that bullshit, he'll do it. That's, uh, I mean, that's the move of a, a, a talentless hack. I'm Jerry Seinfeld, and this is Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. A GTO is for a guy that wants to tell the world, I will not be going quietly, which is why it's a perfect car for this week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> pause in there. Oh. I knew. That was a strategic pause. <laughs> that Adam's apple looks like about 16 ball bearings lodged in his throat. Oh my God, it looks like a special effect of somebody's like like it's the end of the world and there's a nuclear holocaust and everybody's face is melting look at yeah, look at he look at the lighting this is this is what happens when you throw him in a situation he can't control the lighting is actually too much for him because it shows every bit of the wig and it shows like the chompers because he's got his teeth done for the, especially for AGT and they're so ill-fitting he really does look like mm, you know the teeth are th way front and center they shouldn't be he looks like an old woman yeah well I mean it's, it's every horrible uh, stereotype you think of these old biddies with blue rinses and this is him right out of the fucking salon Mr. Howard Stern who according oh, to him God. Yeah, look at those teeth. That the, that's the thing. I don't understand Sam. When you have you want your teeth are rotting or whatever the fuck, you've always had bad teeth and all of a sudden you will go to the dentist and you say, "Look, I need not veneers. I need new teeth basically, dentures." Don't they give you the option of saying, "Look, you want do you want us to age them so that they look closer to what your teeth really look like so people it's not that obvious?" And he doesn't. He opts for these fucking Chicklets. No, I want them to look like Captain Crunch dipped in bleach. <laughs> I got another Photoshop. Damn you. <laughs> broadcaster of all time. Come on, let's go get the coffee and get this over with. 
Look at the people rejoicing that we're here. This is fun. Let's go. Now, here's where it all started for me. This radio was everything to my father. He would ignore me the entire time. He would tell me to shush the whole time and ignore me. And I now we have to stop that for sure. Now, we just finished the Colford episode, which you guys will have heard by the time this airs. And we've established <laughs> the long, the long lie of, OK, uh, you know, I always wanted to be on the radio, whatever bullshit, all this crap. Meanwhile, he did nothing until he was he graduated college aside from. King Biz, uh, King Schmaltz Bagel Hour, which was, you know, other people really the talent behind it. So. Right. And did you see Jerry's? He immediately gets in the car and points to the radio. And did you see Jerry immediately give the eye roll and oh, like, yeah. whoa, we're starting already on the narrative? The narrative, yeah. the pre planned narrative is already in motion. Well, this is also in conjunction, like if you think in contrast, contrast to the episode, the appearance he did on Stern's show, Jerry dictated where it was going. He answered the questions, but he made sure if Howard asked a nonsensical question, he was going to give him shit about it. And he tore him up. That's why Wig had to be so much more careful during that interview. Now Wiggy's on, you know, his turf, so to speak, on, 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 on Jerry's turf. He thinks he's going to be able to do what he does every single fucking interview or every single show, dominate. And he really can't. I mean, he does dominate his aspect of stupidity, but the problem is he's with a guy way smarter than him. Oh, God. And if Howard was smart, he would just let... Jerry dictate this versus stepping in it. Isn't it when they say, um, have you read the uh, live from New York, the SNL book? No. Uh, they said that the, in the thing that Seinfeld, when he went in to do a, a SNL, he insisted on having his writers come in with him because, you know, for sketches. And they said, almost always we can guarantee that that doesn't work because the, the writers aren't writing for sketch TV. They're writing for sitcoms or what have you. And so the best thing for you to do when you go into these places is to put us, put you, put yourself in our, our hands, let us handle the sketches. Maybe they'll work. Maybe they won't. But if you bring in writers, they're not going to understand how the, the flow of whatever the sketch writing for network television. They just won't. It's a different animal. Wig's the same yeah. way. He seems to think one size fits all. So he can go into this shit and, you know, th that's why this one is so poorly edited, I believe, because they had to clip so much to get this minimal amount out of them. Oh, God, I wish we had it all. Yeah. I'm enamored with radio. I could get my father's attention if I could get in that box and get on the radio. And so this was my way of getting my dad's attention. Hey, I'm opening up. Hi, ladies. I think this is the most unimportant. Like Oliver Stone doesn't cut this fucking quickly. That means like this, this is all just, we have 10 seconds here, five seconds here, throw it all together. It's so my, disjointed. My expressions are the same as Jerry's nothing. Just, yeah. I got nothing to say to this because I've heard it all and don't care. I have a question it's for you. Boring. Okay. Now, do you think Jerry thought Howard would be? a good guest or do you think he wanted to fucking mock him he wanted him to show him up to sh as such an untalented shit maybe he thought it would go somewhere different maybe he thought he could highlight him in a different way if he was in control of the show mm -hmm. and it was a different element and he could navigate him in a different way because he's not Steer. on the radio yeah he doesn't have an audience but 
man. You so do you think he was expecting him to drop the bullshit for even a moment? Yeah, look at his face. Yeah, he's. Do you remember the the picture right outside the David Lynch Foundation of him looking at wig yeah. and babies, <laughs> which I will throw in there, guys. Uh, in post you're you're catching you. some of these expressions. You're catching yeah. some of the similar expressions, less like, exasperated but similar. Yeah. Like the show and show business that I'm on right now. That's, that's another important? win for me. Is I got you on the most unimportant <laughs> show and show business. Well, I'm honored that you asked me, actually. Really? Yeah, I really am, because I do admire you, and uh, I, I love what you do. I'm a fan of musicians and comics and, and all of these people, and I love doing an interview with people like yourself or, or Graham Nash or Paul McCartney. Who needs <laughs> this? <laughs> Who needs this? And the other thing is, I don't understand why Howard agreed to do it, because once you're on AGT, you're on one of the, at that point, even one of the big networks. So it doesn't, it kind of promotes itself by being on such a big network. You don't need to ask a do extra promotion. He's doing this as a favor or he believes he belongs with these comedians on this show. So he can't say no. I don't get and it. You're giving your thank yous in the beginning of a show. What yeah. the fuck? On top of that, when he brings up Graham Nash, as when you think of rock and roll, do you really think fucking Graham Nash? <laughs> it's so current. <laughs> Fuck it. But you're not even saying like, go if you're going to go that era, wouldn't you say Hendrix, The Who, fucking Zeppelin, you know, any of these actual hard rockers. Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young were a fucking folk band. What does this even have to do with anything either? It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, that's that's part of that's also part of it. But look at that face on Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the, you like, get me, he looks like he right now. It looks like Jerry's reaching for the latch. Like, get me out of here. Well, because it's uncomfortable. It would be like, I, I don't know. Like, why are you thanking me right now? We're on TV. Yeah. Like, just make the most of it, dude. Don't waste your time. Party. I would say that therapy helped me to appreciate oh. what I have. Do you oh. think therapy helped me? Oh, I absolutely do. What could I possibly be better at? I think a lot of things. Do I seem to have problems? Can you pee in front of other men? You're like, really? Does what? this? Okay, go ahead, please. Oh. <laughs> you're the one. You're you 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 just <laughs> said therapy helped you, and. You are now asking that guy if he pees in front of other men. I'm sorry. What? You, apparently the therapy is not working. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I, this used to be just one of his fucking tropes. Okay. My penis is too small. You know, or the, you know, oh, I, I have trouble peeing in front of other men. Like, excuse me. This is after, you know, I don't know, the serious years of having uh, Richard and Sal spread their fucking cheeks. Face. He, he's, he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand that this is Howard every fucking time he's reaching for whatever, a life preserver. It's always a gay life preserver. Well, it would be understandable if it was a five-year-old in a car <laughs> asking you a bunch of random questions. <laughs> this is think? a 60-something-year-old man who you invited yeah. on a TV show. Yeah. Or closing on 60 anyway, absolutely. You have trouble? No. Oh, I have a huge issue with that. I can't. If you and I had to go pee, it would be terrible. Let's go pee together no, today. No, I'm not doing it. Well, you've talked to me privately. Yeah. I, I think it's a little awkward talking to me, right? It's a little uncomfortable. No, I like talking to really? you. Think? Well, I think? I think people you just want to get away. From you? Yeah. They do. 
We've heard about it. Meryl Streep for one. (laughs) They do. Look at Jerry's body language. He couldn't get for they now he's wishing he would have picked the stretch limo. He'd be on the opposite end. Yeah. Doing anything, texting, you know, playing, I don't know, fucking Tetris on his on his iPad, something. Unless we're on well, the maybe radio. if you didn't have the little hairs in front of the lens of the glasses, what, what am I gonna do? You might be a little seem a little more open. Maybe I'm hiding. You're like a hip wicked witch of the West. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you and your little dog too. But not if it she's in the pool. God bless you. God bless you. You'd be better than Wiggy in this episode if you were alive. Oh God, yeah. Anybody, Gilbert. Anybody. Yeah. Um, it, wouldn't it? Without Jerry even pointing out, like saying, "Uh, therapy is not working." Why would I need therapy? Clearly, you're a bad example of therapy working. Without even saying it, just pointing out the hair mm-hmm. in front of his face. And the Mm -hmm. uncomfortable questions and him even admitting people don't want to be around me. Maybe I'm hiding that admission and his reaction to Jerry's um, talking to him and questions that alone proves that his therapy is bunk. He doesn't even have to say it blows. Christ. I mean, uh, there was, I'm trying to think which was, where it was. I was reading an abstract about Howard. It was probably one of those psychology today, uh, opinion pieces by one of the myriad of people on there because they got a rotating cast of doctors and physicians talking about it, but they can only do so much because they don't actually have Wiggy as a patient. So they'll say, oh, you know, it's helped him to be a bigger person, whatever. They have to take what he says on the air as factual. And if you know him for, as we know him, uh, clearly he'd be on the pamphlet for the most unemployed fucking therapists on the planet. If he was going to be like, that's why, like the, the therapist doesn't want anybody knowing he's treating Howard because he'd be out of business. Oh my God. He would be homeless. The, yeah. He'd be living in a dumpster. That exchange right there. Please look at that. It's Jerry perfectly nailed him. Yep. What do you want to do? Do you think the last year of your life? I don't know. What? I'm obsessed with that. Are you? No. Just give me some time. <laughs> I'm in love with my wife. I do want to spend time with her. You're like a woman to me in a sense that I still don't that have a... That like um, Nash song. You know, because you're a comedian, every minute you're evaluating. You're judgmental. That's right. So you're talking about yourself, Howard, not him. Uh, Even if he wait might a minute. be. I gotta, I gotta process my brain. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Let me rewind for a second. You're like a woman. (laughs) The the crazy just rattled on way too quick there. So he, I'm obsessed with what I want to do for the last year of my life. I love my wife. Right. Wow. That declaration of I have a beard came on real strong. Real strong. (laughs) Real strong. Well, the. The other things, if you're obsessed with what are you going to do in the last year of your life, why don't you have an answer? Why don't you have a, a flurry of answers the way you normally do? I've never seen somebody say I love my wife so much as like in as, as if to say, as, as if to say like, by the way, love pussy. Um, I'll have a latte. Uh, you know, like you've got to wear <laughs> like it's like Beth goes around town with the T-shirt on that says I'm a model. 
That, I know. Isn't it just a given? Like, don't you think your life would just exemplify how much right. you love them? You don't really need to keep saying it. <laughs> right. I'm Hendrix. I play guitar. <laughs> I'm Sam. To... I'm a podcaster. Well, there we are. The comedian studies himself. Yes. The actor studies other people. That's true. The comedian wants to be himself. The actor wants to be anyone but themselves. You're so true because I feel tortured. You're so true. You're so true. You're so true. <laughs> I love that I'm not going to let in. you finish, Jerry, because I need to. I need to talk. I'd like to be somebody else right now. <laughs> well, I, this is again that the one exchange that you just mentioned before the what you what do you do want to do with the last day of your life? I think Jerry was stupefied that he had no answer for that. Like he literally went, nah, I don't know. Who and, thinks about that? Well, I guess Jerry was going on then. Uh, this God only knows what they cut out, but he was probably going on a, well, if this guy is a fatalistic, uh, germaphobe asshole, he must have spent hours and days and years thinking about the end of his life instead of how it is right now and how he can make his present life better. That neuroticism, you know. Oof. And you're expecting some insight out of this fucking simpleton? Okay, fair enough. He's so wrapped up in that, but yet he's so terminally neurotic that he's going to throw curls in front of his sunglasses for this. Well, and it's ironic. He said, I'm hiding. Yeah, he is hiding. He's hiding so much. It's not just a, it's a metaphor for so many things. And I God. mean, yeah. Just so self-aware. Well, that would be something I would like to see you make some progress with. But you're not experience so self-conscious. Okay. But you are. It's not about your looks, Howard. Don't you get that by now? <laughs> Nobody yeah, but... cares what your hair looks like. That's exactly why I go to therapy. I, I thought you just said I went to therapy so I could see men pee. And be a good father. I mean, yeah. that was like listed and. I'm going Cry. to therapy for. I'm going to therapy. Who says I'm going to therapy for my hair? Oh. <laughs> you don't have any. <laughs> just fucking own it. Like, why wouldn't why wouldn't a proper therapist just say you're bald? Accept it. Look or like you're Jerry. balding. Accept it. Like, do you think Jerry's got fake hair? Do you think Jerry's bald? I don't. I think that actually is his hair. It's thinner now. It's much shorter. But you know, no. it's 2013. But. You know. I don't know what Howard's hair looks like, but I mean, if it looks anything like Jerry's or if he looks as bald as Ben, who cares? Nobody would care anyway because he's so fucking ugly. What's the hair at that point? You look more ridiculous with the hair. Well, that's exactly it. So why is he drawing attention to himself by looking like such a fucking Gino Vanelli clone? It's awful. I understand but that I'm telling you, you can go to me. You don't need the therapy. All right, so let me ask you something. You didn't answer my other question. No, but wait a you're second. You're not a good when you did talk your show, show but When you did your sitcom, okay? No, you're not. <laughs> Wouldn't you have cared what America thought? Yes, that's different than caring about my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I oh love God. that he won't leave the hair alone. <laughs> Jerry's good. He is good at this. He is. I love that he won't leave the hair alone either because it's not the hair is a metaphor for so many other things, too. Certainly. Certainly. Uh, let's let's go down the list. His voice, even though now I mean, when you hear him mic'd up the way it is, uh, maybe he doesn't have voice modifications. I've seen different things online uh, in, in regards to this, like the technological, like why does he sound deeper than he did when he was younger? Who knows? Um, but I mean, the hair. 
the nose job, the, you know, the, the plastic surgery, the chin. The chin implant. You, you figure there's a chin implant in there, right? Well, yeah, he's admitted that he's had some, something done with his chin. He said he had, no, he said he had fat sucked out of the bottom of his chin, like the base of his face. I don't know. I think he's got something done with his chin. I'm certain, just to make the nose look that much smaller. Absolutely. It's the same exact it's thing. It's the complete opposite. You're saying that we want to get to a point as people, as adults, as long as we feel good about how we no, feel. No, 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 no. You misunderstood me. So on the radio, should I worry about what other people think? Yes. Or should I only you should worry, worry about they, what I think? You should worry that they're enjoying the show or not. So that's but the same thing like worrying about your hair. hair it's or, the same, or how bad I am. It's the same thing. Uh, no, okay, it's now, not. By the way, now I'm absolutely convinced that once it was going down this path, Jerry was like, "We are going to release this. I want them. I want them to see exactly how unfunny this piece of shit is." Well, this is a total. Um, this is an argument. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Where's, like a. This is. I've had. I've had. You know, everybody has had a car ride like this sure. with somebody. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, where's the entertainment in it? I mean, we're getting we, a different kind of entertainment, obviously. But if you're, if the, the object of the object of the thing, it's comedians in cars, where's the comedy now? Oh, well, we're getting entertainment for our podcast and our listeners because <laughs> we are hyper focused on Howard Stern. But if you're a passive, person who just likes comedians and cars getting coffee you're looking yeah. at this like what the fuck am i watching exactly so you're yeah for the neutrals exactly your hair is not an achievement yours perhaps <laughs> is but most people's oh hair my God. <laughs> look at this <laughs> every shot's a picture maybe you should just put this in freeze frame and go forward and forget the audio I mean, yeah, imagine if you are a passive listener, you're just like, why am I listening to two aged men bickering in a car mm-hmm. ride mm-hmm. about you hair? Ever- before we did this show? Absolutely, I did. You're so a radio I'm the, guy. No, so he's busting on the hair from start to finish, and he just admitted I got fluffed up before this fucking episode. Oh, God, it's so great. And you know, Can- remember, remember yeah. Howard said... That yeah. he was nervous about this because he wasn't going to be able to have his stylist and hair guy. Well, he eventually did. He got Tony. He must have paid her oh, extra. Tony, yeah. yeah, and he ended up, he ended up giving her the money, he says, um, <laughs> which I don't believe for a second. He did say on the air ages ago, I've got the clip somewhere, that he doesn't tip her. What? He said, I don't tip my 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 stylist, my hairdresser. Oh, my God. That is. Hairstylist. Isn't that yes. like, isn't that hair, isn't that like hair styling etiquette 101? My mother was a hairdresser for years. She never, never didn't get a tip. I tip my hairstylist, my nails, everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's part of, it's one of those industries. Absolutely. So. Who I, doesn't I, tip? He probably thinks, well, I give her enough money. Fuck it. I mean, honestly, I want to even know how you are sexually. Why? Like, well, because this I think is that's another interesting. thing. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> thank uh, you jerry thank you jerry so we've the pee in the bathroom the yeah. i want to know how you are sexually so he wants to get off the hair so he just throws he just lobs that nonsense out there yeah and it's is it i mean 
I, it, like Jerry's look of not just exasperation, but just complete befuddlement at this point. Well, that's because you want to know the truth of it is. Yeah. Fillmore is because Howard right now, whether we can sense it or not, he is on the Titanic and it's sinking and he is just trying to grab on for whatever piece of furniture. He is just it is in full sink and it's standing up vertically and he's just trying to grab onto anything to not fall into the ocean right now. Yeah, he's 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 grabbing onto the legs of little children who are still on the bow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything. Okay. I, I'm not comfortable talking about this. That's why this is great. <laughs> this is why your show is the top show on the internet. Didn't you just say I'm glad to be on the fa- a failing show, or you know, which is an old Don Rickles line, but it's funnier when Don says it as opposed to Wiggy, uh, who just sounds like some jealous bitch. Um, but then he just said, now he goes, oh, and now I'm on the top show. Where's which one is the joke, Howard, and which one is the just stupid, just whatever mm. comes through his fucking mouth. Come on, let's go. It's enough already. I'm worn out from you. That's an accomplishment. Hey, now, see, people are nice. If you could have anything here, what would you have? I like yeah. this. The chocolate. Really? Yeah, chocolate, 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 anything. Chocolate with peanut butter. Oh, let's oh. do it. Let's do it. Oh, my Lord. Okay, here we go. And people are, of course, obviously staring because whatever. It's it's meant to be part of the thing. It's supposed to look very natural, but they still can't help staring because, wow, what's this Sasquatch doing? Yeah. We're going to try and get him. Maybe we're going to no. have a brownie. Or, I don't or, want a brownie. I'm not going to eat it. Don't waste your time. Okay, would you like some Scott. coffee or something? Yes, Scott? I would love He's a gonna coffee. Have coffee. I'm going to have a cup of hot water. Fine, oh, I'll be right back. Like- Who the fuck goes to a diner and orders hot water? Oh, he is just the worst. <laughs> but is, isn't that isn't that sort of indicative? Like, if is, isn't that sort of a, a microcosm of his entire life? This guy is just water. He's just he'll take whatever the form of anything he wants. Uh, like he'll fill whatever container you put him in, and it, there's no flavor, there's no fucking color, there's nothing. It's just bland awfulness. Just like just like there's nothing exciting about him. Nothing. I would have just said, oh, fuck you. The other thing is, guys, pay attention to the edits because keep an eye on the table. My, this this drives my wife nuts when she sees, in um, what do you call it, inconsistencies in the editing. Like if there's a bulletin board in a police show and the pegs are this way and then all of a sudden they're changed, she fucking mm-hmm. goes nuts because there's like no direction of continuity here. And you think, wow, this is a network show. They couldn't even get that right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now this okay. It's it's Jerry's show. He's probably got a hand in the edits, even like even though he's not doing, he's not sitting down doing what I do for our show. He's got someone doing it, but he's overseeing it and saying this looks good because he's the executive producer, he's the creator, and he's in it, right? And he's directing it as well. So right. it stands to reason he's got a hand in the edit, and he doesn't notice these things because he's not an editor. No. Like uh, being with my aunt from the old country. How long can you actually physically stay focused on the kids? I can't play Monopoly. I cannot play shoots and ladders. I'd rather someone shoot me while I'm on a ladder. Sorry to me is the most perfectly named game. I've never felt so sorry. Your career is a victory over the self. It wasn't the business. These edits jump. Do you notice that like they, they have to cut the dead air out because there's yeah. be shitloads of it, but you can just see the jump cuts. And the menu's gone and the menu's there. Yeah. 
It wasn't other yeah, people. It wasn't your relationships, your wife, whatever. None of that was the biggest obstacle. It was you. You conquered yourself. But, but, but I when I evaluate myself as a radio guy, I think I'm the best that ever lived. <laughs> ever. Are you better than Jay Leno as a stand-up? That's a stupid question. Do you so the food's there, now the drinks are there, and the food's gone. Oh, God, and they just have to keep putting in the coffee, like, sound effect with the coffee visual because this is just so horrendously empty and right. stupid. I mean, there's just, it's just compliments and hype. There's just nothing. It is like a shitty version of the film JFK where, you know, like, lots of quick edits, close up, suddenly now wider, and then, you know, f like, direct A camera, B camera, and then, like, and then, yeah, right, these inserts just to pad it out, I guess. They, that has to be what it's for. Well, you know what this would be like? If it were a bigger production, mm -hmm. this would be the trailer for a bigger thing. It would Absolutely. be like, this would be the trailer for a bigger interview or a bigger show or a bigger production. Yeah. But this is the show. Right, the promo became the show. God. And they extended the promo. So this is, and this would be one of those where he'd have to throw another person in because at 12, 13 minutes for the episode, it's not enough to sustain. So they'd have to have two people in the same episode just to pad it out, which Jerry, I'm sure, was not fucking pleased with. I'm sure I'm certain he thought Howard would be a 20 minuter for sure. Yeah. Ooh. I think you're one of the best stand ups that ever lived. Would you put yourself in the top five? Comedy is more personal than food. Someone either hits you funny or they don't. I never gave a shit. I would go on and say whatever the hell was it because that to me was. Well, you're alone in the room. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he doesn't have to fucking answer to anybody. Oh God, perfect observation. You're you're brave, yeah. Of course you're brave. You say whatever you feel, but there's no ramifications outside of you know. Okay, Columbine, you know the certain markets, the Selena controversy. Yeah, fine, but. Yeah, that's true. It's oh, so you different. just noticed that when he goes on talk shows now. And OK, and all right. On, Let, let's like not it. get into the character assassination. OK, who are you, Jesus? Calm down. I want to wait negative. Let me go there. What kind? Because of this is all Howard has. So yep. because he doesn't want to talk about himself, honestly, and he he can't possibly actually address any of Jerry's criticisms or, or questions. Yeah, or deeply go into anything about himself. Mm -hmm. What does he have to do? He has to pile on some surface level fucking high school negative crap about the same shit he's done forever. Jay Leno, blah, 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 and right. other comedians and shitting on them when that show is actually about promoting and discussing the good things about other comedians and their humor. Well, yeah. Well, right. Why else? Why mention? Why even mention Jay if you hate him so much? Why give him that? Why give him your time? On he looks like a else's jealous show? cunt. Yeah, totally. And the other thing is, what does he think Jerry's going to say about Jay Leno? Where they basically grew, they basically worked the Jay's a bit older, but they were they made the round. They did the fucking same comedy shows, same rooms. They played all through the fucking country, all over the country. And they're both like mega famous as a result. I mean, Howard, how do you think this makes you look? Honestly, yeah. do you think this makes Jay Leno look bad? Or I'm sorry, do you think this makes 
you look good. No, you're the one. Jerry's like, I don't want to talk about this. Right. We're both super successful, famous and rich. And you're still sitting here talking like it's the 90s. And keep in mind, if, if Seinfeld had final cut, he could have left this out. He chose to keep it in there. Why? Because he looks terrible. Yeah, he wanted him to. because, And I'm sure it was post- passive-aggressive, like, fuck you, I'm including this. And what I wish Seinfeld had would have included is the exchange of the envelope. <laughs> I wish he would have oh, filmed that and just I fucking know. put it in. I mean, it's good enough that we have Wiggy talking about it, but I digress. The interviewer, you. you have to let me get negative. You have to let me be me. You be you and I'll be me. Great idea. You're so judgmental, I told you. I am. Right, who don't you like them? Let's see you get a little negative. I don't want to hear myself talk like that. I'm not interested in what you like. I want to hear you say it. Who cares? I can't believe you. you this you, is what you makes don't... the great Howard Stern. I'm having a good time. Having fun. Yeah. yeah. So the food's gone. Now they're back to coffee. <laughs> oh, God. This must have went horrible. Yeah. I mean, they, you, you figure they must have filmed two hours worth, and this is all they could get out of it. Easily. Talk shit about somebody. I don't want to. Come yeah. on. No. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I want to hear you, you. You talk shit about other fellow comics or whatever. Yeah. I think I'm your best interview. Would you like to play God with shows and make shows and say I like this guy? I want to do this with him. How come you haven't done that? I had a production company and I had ten shows sold and in production and I. Okay. Complete horse shit. He had a production company. He did not have ten shows sold and in production. What ten? What ten? Son of the Beach, he didn't put the money behind it. That was it. Or the or the effort. He just put his name to it. Yep, pretty much. And everything else, it was all, oh, this we're still working on that. And he so tried there was to Doomsday. Fuck the actresses or whatever. Yeah, of course. Or, or, or yeah, maybe the actors too. Um uh, the so, okay, let's see. Howard Stern the high school years, never saw a fucking light of day. Uh the Porky's remake, never saw the light of day wasn't sold to anything. If something is sold and in production, we will see it unless they run out of money in the course of the production. Like for example, the original gaudy film that John stuttering John was talking about financing fell out. That was the one that Travolta eventually did. They did get some other backers and what have you that happens sometimes. And Howard was involved in a film called Jane with Melanie Griffith. And he was contracted to, to, to star in it. And financing fell through on that and it was pay or play. I think he ended up getting settling for 50,000 because the film never got made. And it's like, oh, you're going to count that as something that was sold? <laughs> Part of your production Probably. company? 10 shows. What fucking 10 shows? He's not been on 10 shows. <laughs> for fuck's sake. That's unbelievable. Walked away from it. There's nothing more exciting than the announcement. Howard Stern now is the head of his own network, you know, or whatever. Some big announcement. Yeah. That's a great high. But then you actually have to go out and get it done. Right. And then you have no life. It's and that's so the true. problem. Yeah. I love- so now this is, you know, 2021, doesn't have a production company or it's in mothballs, uh, doesn't have a life and lives at home in his fucking basement. So well, this is the whole, this is the difference between Jerry and Howard. Like yeah. the announcement, oh, now I have to do work. Whoops, I don't like that part. So <laughs> say what you like about Jerry. He and when in the next clip that we play, he is going to talk about how busy he was doing stuff, but he still would have done it anyway. There's type A and there's type B. Jerry if is nothing if not type A. Howard is like fucking type Z in terms of I don't, uh, yeah. 
I don't even know what type this is. No. Of the announcement. It's so funny how it works, isn't it? Yeah. That you get to the point to get that thing and you don't want it. No. Why is life so twisted like that? I don't know. I figured you had the answer. Do you have trouble relating to people? Do you feel you're fully involved when you're around people? I'm sorry, I, was, I wasn't. See, I'm sitting here thinking, you're really not enjoying this, and you're disappointed in this. But that's He spent almost the entire episode now, at least every so often, like, not the entire episode, I'll take that back. He has spent, I don't know, three, four occasions talking about how, are we having fun? Is it good? Are we enjoying this? Are you enjoying my company? Who fucking does that except a completely um, self, like a person lacking in absolutely like any self-confidence i don't understand why he's you're taking the temperature of something that has no substance so far so clearly you must know unless he's I, i don't know he probably doesn't know okay well this is the thing so put him he recently talked about um i don't know if we covered it recently yet on the breakdowns i think we're getting close about going to dinner with a couple and then mm-hmm. he went and saw his daughter with her boyfriend, which I'm assuming is Ashley. Um, and then he goes, oh, you know, I elbowed him for farewell and I waved to the wife, whatever. What could these fucking dinners be like with him and who, anybody else? Not even famous people. What could he be like if he's like this with Jerry, who's a person of note? He's got money. They both got money. So it's not like we don't know who each other is. He's no fun. He's just no fun. Totally self-involved. No fun. And like he said, he's hiding. So he's constantly worried about what he looks like, what he sounds like. It's terrible. The sunglasses, sunglasses, by the way, are on. They're off. They're on. On. They're off. off. Like, I, I can't imagine living like that. I can imagine being a hermit and not seeing anybody and not having a platform. That I get. But he's got... He needs to have this platform to speak, but doesn't want to actually live life. What's the point of having the show at that ca- in that case? I don't know. Yeah. You, that's, you. that's why I see you short. But when I tell you that you're wrong, you believe me, right? No. No. Because I'm too nice a guy? I don't think of you as a nice guy at all. Thank you for I'm that. You are very uh, brutally honest, <laughs> and I think that you can be brutal. Yeah, Jerry's brutally honest. Howard's not. That's the difference. This is this is a pathological liar talking to someone who's not afraid to just say it how he feels. About Cosby, right. about whatever Weinstein, about the state of comedy, about, you know, whatever he feels politically, I suppose, which we're not going to get into. But Howard, that's actually a, a pretty amazing little exchange here because, yeah, he's pointing out by, by, in, by inherently saying he's honest. That's easily, that's the difference between us. I can't be honest. I'm the nice guy sitting at this <laughs> table. You are absolutely mean. You just made my day. Sell me the idea of you therapy. You sit down. For me, the catalyst was my relationship and my wife wasn't going right. well. Things were falling apart and I needed guidance. That's great for you. Well, what about me? There's something going on with you. It's written all over your face. Everyone sees it. I would have loved if my father would have sat me down and just said, how are you? Oh, fuck off. Oh, God, we fucking tread down this road so many fucking times. I, it just bothers me that they let him get away with this. Like, I would have just edited this out anyway, because it's such bullshit. 
even if you didn't follow Howard, you'd know that sounds like bullshit. You've heard him on the radio show. You know that this is a lie. I mean, look at that face. It looks like a lie. Yeah. How do you feel? You know, it seems like such a small thing. But it's huge. How are you doing? That does touch me because that's something that I would enjoy. (laughs) I wish it could get touched by Jerry. That is something I would enjoy. That's it's such a inhuman response mm-hmm. that it, it sounds so scripted. So that's also how you know it's not believable because right. that's not how you would respond to that. If that really is something that happened in your life, you wouldn't mm-hmm. say that sounds like something I would enjoy. Right. <laughs> it's like the computer got the fucking uh, the uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Um. YouTube got the um, uh, closed captioning fucked up. You know, all of a sudden it shows like, uh, right? Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. So, it, it, yeah, why wouldn't you say, "Well, I'm, you know, thank you for asking." Or, or no, you would say, "Yeah, I just wish my dad would have asked how I how I was once in a while. It just would have meant a lot to me. You know, I think it would have really just definitely Meanwhile. would have helped my childhood." <laughs> Now we have that, reams of it reams sounds of like something <laughs> I would have enjoyed. It sounds so bizarre. Everyone sees it. I would have loved if my father would have sat me down and just said, "How are you? How are you feeling?" You know, it seems like such a small thing, but it's huge. How are you doing? That does touch me because that's something that I would enjoy. I think, <laughs> although I'll I'm go so. For the fair. <laughs> sorry guys i'm adding i'm I'm going a little drop heavy here but whenever wiggy gets into this because we know he just doesn't give a fuck about anything it makes me laugh it makes me want to just throw in gilbert laughs until the end of the the end of time well the show is called comedians in cars getting coffee we gotta laugh somewhere for fuck's sake absolutely hey to the best of my knowledge gilbert never did this show did he i don't don't think he did I don't think he did. I think he, Jerry probably couldn't take it if Gilbert went into one of his Seinfeld impressions on the show. God, what car would you pick for Gilbert? Uh, a city bus. Oh, that would be good. Like a, you know, uh, uh, what, what's it called? A W Beetle a bus? A, what's oh, Volkswagen. It called? A Volkswagen bus. E-W. Yeah. Yeah. One of one of the older one of the old style ones they yeah. used to use in the seventies. Yeah. Shit. Absolutely. Uh, well defended against that. I, I see right through your defenses. Did you have a good relationship with your father? Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect much. Right. By the way, I love my father. A guy of his generation didn't know how to go there. And no, say, you know, he was really so didn't. busy working. Yes. But as a kid, it would have been nice. I don't usually say this, but you're right. It would have been nice. That's the gift I'd want to give to my children. Go out. I don't care if you're, a, if you're working at a, at a Wendy's. Be greatest at it. Just take such pride no, in it. There's no greatest at Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what kind of, what kind of cuts are these? What convert, how are these conversations together? Yeah, it's disjointed as all fuck. And the, and then the graphics and the sounds, they, they really just were probably like, this is all shit. Well, keep in mind, keep in mind, there's the, um, God, um, uh, the Netflix and my next guest is whatever the, the Letterman one that he did for Netflix. Uh-huh. And that episode is probably 
I don't know if it's 40 minutes. It might even be just 20 minutes. But it's more of the same. It's it's never it, anything different. It is, but it compared to the other episodes in the series, they are way longer with everybody else, not just with Obama and whoever else and George Clooney. Uh, I just remember hearing like there was way more content given and Wiggs had talked about how there was like there was way more, you know, on the cutting room floor, like no shit. Like they must have been chopping this like Edward Scissorhands to get something close to being, you know, releasable. And this still isn't releasable. How terrible is the fact that Kim Kardashian gave more than Howard Stern? I watched that Kim Kardashian episode with David Letterman. I forgot she, she was on that. She gave more and was more vulnerable mm-hmm. and honest and you know, when she was talking about how she was held up at gunpoint and just, you know, thinking to herself, uh, my sister is going to see me dead in this room and how it made her feel. And she cried and stuff. And I was like, you know, it was moving and actually honest. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this person who is, you know, supposedly probably portrayed as less real than Howard Stern is giving more. Than well, the guy yeah. who is supposedly the most honest man in radio. Right, exactly. But also, like, you know, because you, you, the, the, the impression you'd get is Kardashians, reality, television, all bullshit, scripted, whatever. So you wouldn't expect that to come from her. I agree. Um, but, yeah, and, and here it's just awkwardly off-putting. As, and if you want to go through, guys, we will do the Letterman eventually. But that's going to take a while because I got to work up the strength to fucking put myself through that. It's on par with the uh, fucking... Um, What's the name of it? The uh, Terry Gross interview, the NPR one, which is just absolute horse shit. I and, that uh, that yeah. you you got to really build me up for that. I got to I got to <laughs> give you some. Poppers. It's like I got to train <laughs> mentally train for those. The Terry Gross one, especially because not only that, but her voice is really like taking Zequel. So I can't. Maybe I could modulate her voice and make her sound like, uh, I don't know, some deep voiced, you know, like the BBC, um, what was his name? Neil Nunez, the the BBC guy with a deep voice, really, really make Howard sound girly by comparison. I can alter her voice, make her sound like a faster or something. And it was annoying because, you know, her, she sounds intellectually curious about mm-hmm. him, which mm-hmm. made me more annoyed by the whole thing <laughs> so i just wanted to you know strap on a bomb vest like you know and join scenarios <laughs> well well he he you know she did it like um inside the actor's studio like james lipton would have right she, which was she she treated him with respect which he deserved none never she should have been he, tom she snyder this <laughs> should have been this talk Absolutely. about his hair yeah Tell me I have a shot that we'll have a brownie together. Just get them. Now the fucking salad is back. Uh. <laughs> I love the edits. Brownie. I'm now not going to do it by myself. Right, I'll have some. We're going to share a brownie. Yeah. You want me to cut a few or are you guys going to do it? I'll I think it. it would be a little too romantic if we do it. No, yes. we're not what? cutting. You- it's going to be too romantic. You asked him about his sex life and wanted to pee next to him. It's unbelievable how, like, from the beginning of his first, ever seen that one man on the street interview he does in, like, early 80s, and he's got his arm around the guy, and he has, this is my gay lover, Bruce. 
He's yes, never he's never not gone down this fucking well, and I just don't understand why he doesn't figure out it's never been funny. It's still not funny. But a brownie and splitting it is too yeah, romantic. That's romantic. Maybe if okay. it was a maybe if it was a little Debbie where they do that, you know, indent and it's personally <clears throat> done for you in the wrapper, it yeah. would have been a little less romantic. But if we need a knife and there's not an indent, I don't know. Maybe are they sharing, this one are they sharing spoons? <laughs> <laughs> doing lady lady in the tramp with the blue with the brownie where they you know meet at the end uh, of the brownie with their lips oh god <laughs> matthew schultz there's your photoshop no we was, no we oh, weren't didn't want i to. don't want to be that romantic with you okay. yeah you just want to know how i am in bed i'm so excited my whole diet up this is it you ready Biggie smells it like a beaujolais oh, we're having a good time doesn't actually eat it doesn't no. actually eat it what the fuck is that are we You're... having a good time while I'm watching you be an anorexic? No, <laughs> we're not. I mean, I've not had a diner brownie in probably, I don't know, 30 years. Uh, but they, you know, you look at them you, when you, you can see your fucking funeral when you eat those brownies. But they're, you know, they're <laughs> at the right time of night. They're fantastic. Oh, my gosh. There's this uh, deli uh, by my work. They make these and they go quick. Yeah. So if you get it, if sometimes I get so mad because once in a while, at least once a month, I'll get them. Mm-hmm. And I get so mad when I decide it's the day I'm going to get the brownie and, and I get there out. and they're gone. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> they're so good. Do they do one batch and that's it? And like, and you're, that's you're, it. Oh, okay. That that's sucks. It. Yeah. But, yeah. But uh, well, oh, wow. Well. Yes. See, I need you to tell me we're having a good time. What are we shooting? A, 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 a movie? Oh, are you tired, Howard? Having... What else do you want to know about me? Oh, yeah, let's get back to you. Yeah. What were we talking about? Cunnilingus. <laughs> Hold <What>? on. <laughs> Hold on. Let me go back to that just a little bit. Okay, let me just put that. Cunnilingus. Okay. <laughs> He's hunched over. Oh, they're clearly siding with Jerry. Like they want to be seen with Jerry. They don't give a fuck about him. And he's not anywhere close to any of the workers. Listen to the music. It's like a Ringling Brothers show. <laughs> well, it's good to figure he's got a clown wig on. So that's just about apropos. Hi, everybody. Welcome to What Does It Cost with Jerry Seinfeld. When is the last time you think he's ever been in a store? Oh, God. This Well, this would have been the last time. Prior to this, oh, we got to go uh, um, pre-1990. Uh, like pre-1980, probably, probably mid-80s. I just think for him, this must be like, there's this place in my town where it's, a five and dime store. So it's like when you walk in, it's set up like the 1950s where everything looks like it's back in time and there's mm-hmm. penny candies like Willy Wonka soda shop and everything looks like it's from the 50s. And you walk around and you're, you kind of walk around like in amazement because it looks like it's back in time. Yeah. It's a throwback. I, I sort of imagine that's, how he must be walking around a regular grocery store in present time. Right. Like he's it's a throwback. At, he's, he's looking at fat cans of, you know, the 330 mils of, uh, you know, I don't know what it is in ounces. Sorry to our American fans. I have no idea. The 330 mil cans of like Dr. Pepper and going, when did they get that wide? 
you know, they have it where the, he, he still remembers the pop tops on the old Pepsis, like the little, the little, yeah. like the little pop oh, and then the well, big one, you know, just to get the, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's like, he's like, oh my God, what is, what's Pam? <laughs> what's, yeah. Like, or, you know, like the fonts or just, just the prices. I could yeah. just imagine his eyes just being like, wow, just everything. It must blow yeah. his mind. And the selection, like, you know, back when it used to be, you could only get one type of this and now you can get like 16 different types of whatever. And he has no idea because, well, he never went shopping when he had kids. He always had people do it. And we talked about when in, in the Colford book, I think it's part one. I'm certain it's part one where he goes in a stretch limo to go fucking do a viewing, like see a viewing of a house. And there's an open house and he's, you know, in a bandana and a big trench coat. Like he's a, <laughs> like, a, you know, if, if Sam Kinison went through, uh, you know, spa health spa and lost a thousand pounds and um yeah like we're like like, where where's all the sampling people or something you know like when they (laughs) exactly (laughs) so let's keep going jerry what i'm holding in my hand right now 129 179 it's a dollar 89 come on how much is that 269 99 cents dollar 49 (laughs) dollar 39 campbell's chicken noodle soup jerry 89 and that fucking voice and that's didn't he do that for hank azaria trying to impress him with his kermit voice or whatever or sort of similar and then tank goes that wasn't very good why is it that voice who well no one he he he, 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 I mean, he's doing the cadence of the, the game show host, but no game show host sounds that fucking wooden. They did no. in the fifth, like they did in the fifties, forties, you know, a little bit, but the game shows weren't a thing really until way later. And then you, they were really intelligent. Like what's my line. And you know, sort of, uh, Parker. Uh, I was thinking, no, no, what's, uh, who do you trust? You know, uh, well, not I'm thinking what's my line, not what's my line. What's the other one? Um, uh, you bet your life. Yeah. You know, like really, really good stuff. And then he's doing this kind of third rate Monty Hall. But Monty Hall sounded way better. He could only dream of sounding like Monty Hall. Rest in peace. I like how it's 99 cents and he's totally (laughs) Should be be 79 cents. Nine cents. 129. $2.09 cents. Can of soup. Oh my God! There Look he is. At this motherfucker. How much is this? Two seventy nine. Five seventy nine. Most men that have just regular jobs, right, don't know what these but things cost. So don't make it seem like I'm so out of touch. But you should be in touch. Why? Howard doesn't know any of these fucking prices either. That's not true. Most men who have regular jobs do know what the prices are because they pay for the groceries. Jerry. Well, that's the other thing. Jerry's a bit, he's in, he's just as out of touch in that term in that case anyway. But wait, yeah, and, look at him looking at all this oatmeal because <laughs> he went straight to the oatmeal because he loves his steel cut oatmeal. I know exactly what the grocery price is and I'm watching it go up every week. Thank you, yeah. inflation. Yeah. This is a dumb okay, game. Okay, come on, let's go. In your city office, do you have a lot of uh, mementos of your career? A couple. What do you have hanging on the walls? I'll tell you the greatest thing that I've ever achieved in my career. I was on the cover of Mad Magazine. And of course, I'm saying, You know what's in my office? What? Mad Magazine, the cover. I've got it blown up the size of this window. And that's all that mattered to me. It's. Fuck. And uh, go ahead, please. He couldn't let him finish. So he said, what's the greatest achievement he was going on? And he had to cut him off. He does mm-hmm. it with everybody. Absolutely. Mo- and it's not I- his greatest achievement because he said that and then 
Dr. Drew gave him a bunch of mad magazines and he made fun of it and threw them out. Right. Someone who had some kind of reverence, reverence or real reverence for Mad Magazine would not have thrown them out. He would have given them to somebody. He would have said he wouldn't have shit on the guy for giving him. He said, that's a sweet thought. He, he's, he knows I, w- I was a fan of Mad. I would have saved. I, I don't care if they're dirty. They're old. You, I love time capsules of stuff. I save old magazines. My parents do, too. We have tons of old teeny bopper magazines in their basement. It's the best. My sister would too, but she would use a lot of it for collages, making collages and stuff. And it was really, she was really good at it. She had a great talent for that shit. And, um, but I mean, it, 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 it's it was, then Sal got him the mad magazine one Christmas and he, in an expensive frame and he broke the frame and he fucking threw it in the shredder. That's how much it meant to him. Yeah. It's a big achievement. Exactly. Look at that wig. Thing. How crazy is it that we both feel that way? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, to me, that was it. Because that was, you know what it was? That was when you found out there were adults that were silly. I adore Mad Magazine. No, you don't. No, he doesn't give a fuck. And the other thing, I've said it before. You figure a guy who is that devoted to Mad Magazine would have come away with it with some kind of wit. He doesn't adore it. He doesn't care. He just likes no. it because he was on the cover. It's the same way he would like it if he was on the cover of Rolling Stone or TV Guide or whatever the fuck. It's because he's on it. He probably grew up looking at the spy versus spy with no fucking words. It's like, oh, pictures, funny, ha ha, funny, like a, a second grader. And and I mean, because there were some amazing writers went through that fucking magazine, and it was really fun. Like it was satire. It was really biting up to a certain point anyway. And um, they always did a great job. And, and I don't believe he took any of that shit in. I really like, um, I, I never read Mad Magazine, but right now I really like uh, for satire, the Babylon Bee. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like a newspaper, uh, satire newspaper called the Babylon Bee. It's okay. really hysterical. I'll have to check it out. The judge. Hey, I'm a judge. You figured that out? Yeah. To me, America used to be a place that made steel and cars and yeah. giant department stores. And you now, basically, we produce amateur talent and people that judge amateur talent. And I hop right in on that. <laughs> he just fucking insulted you, shithead. <laughs> he doesn't you know, get he, it. No, he doesn't. Look at that. That's wow. Nice. America's got talent, honey. That was just the most re- weird. That was just the weirdest exchange, the e- weirdest edit. It was almost like uh, they, they he, uh, Jerry was laughing at a joke they cut out, but they threw the laugh in. You America's know I mean? got talent, honey. Like that's what made him laugh hysterically. No, it was probably something incredibly stupid that he was laughing at. Okay, so. Here we go with Tony. This was fun. Comedians in cars getting coffee. We'll be right back. <laughs> Sixth time. This is fun. This was fun. And, and they burn fun? and they burn out. Like, yeah. sure. Yeah. Back after this brief word from our sponsor. I'm tired, though. <laughs> I'm thinking to cut my hair like Jerry. Right. I'm gonna, yeah, because it's too much. It's too, too much. You did this. I did it already. I'm gonna... Look how it moves. What? It looks like one of those fucking dollar store wigs for Halloween. And he's saying this because now in his head, uh, Jerry planted the seed. Oh, yeah. In the beginning about yep. the ridiculousness yep. of his 
look at those lips and that chin and Adam's apple projecting. He is the ugliest human being I have ever seen. Oh, something new. Oh, hi, Tony. Are you the hair person? Yes. Sorry. Do you want to touch him up? I, I think I look good. I look good. I would fluff it a little. Fluff right. it. So it's getting Pull a it little. out a little. Jerry, even though we have different tones of voice because of where we're from, we have this similar sarcastic. Do you want to touch him up? Yeah. yeah. Do yeah. you want to do that? Okay. I'm going to yep. take care of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't even know what the look is. Is it, is it Slash or Rhea Perlman? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the end of that, guys. <laughs> and since Tony has been doing this for so long. Yeah. She knows how to play along. But she knows what good and bad looks like. And she's been doing his hair for so long. She knows he looks like an old Shit. grandma. Mm -hmm. so What's she why... going to do? What's she going to do at that point? He wants it to look a certain way. She's she's like everybody else. I'm paid to tell him he looks good. I'm paid but... to make sure this fluff piece of shit stays glued on. So when he's inverted, when he's in a bouncy house, it doesn't go six miles that way and he bounces that way. Well, no, my question is, when Caitlyn Jenner was becoming Caitlyn Jenner, right, she was growing out her hair and starting to kind of feminize her hair, like more so before mm -hmm. she, when Bruce was becoming Caitlyn. And right. everybody was speculating a little bit, but not so much. But her hair was becoming Bruce was Bruce's hair was becoming more feminine. Right. So my question is. Do you think that Tony kind of knows that Howard wants a more feminine looking hairstyle because he likes a feminine looking hair? Well, this is an angle that you've brought up recently, more recently in terms of, um, you know, he, how he like does he want to be a woman does he want to be a man looking like a woman like with all the accoutrements with all the equipment still intact and does he want the attention being looking like a good-looking woman or he thinks good-looking would get like he doesn't want to necessarily be a woman he wants to be a guy with a dick uh, like a transsexual basically no a transgender but not actually do the operation but he wants the attention a pretty girl would get right because he was so fascinated about Caitlyn and and a, by other trans women. I mean, he's but, absolutely but not, fascinated by it. But, but not, not Chaz Bono. It, well, no, because Chaz is fat. So <laughs> Exactly. And you don't hear about, um, what's her name? Who was the one? Jazz? Jazz Jennings? Yeah, because she's fat too now, so... That's exactly. It. Right. So that's, a, that's, that's no good. Well, either way, you know that Tony's just going... Uh, she's taking the paycheck and running, but... You figure that recently there was a picture that someone posted. I don't know where they got it from. Probably Insta again, uh, where his, 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 you know, grandpa saw hair is getting a bit of gray in there. And someone asked, I think it was Raven maybe asked, do you think he's getting someone? Do you think someone's telling him it looks ridiculous? So now it's time to fucking add some grays finally. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think he got a lot of shrapnel from, the zooms and I think people saw the memes, especially oh, yeah. on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I mean, he when he first started doing the zoom calls, 
especially in the beginning of COVID, oh, it fuck. looked like he put that fucking thing on backwards. It was <laughs> it ridiculous. It was like, hello, it's way too far back. Oh, he yeah. looked like Raggedy Andy. Yes, he it did. It was embarrassing. Absolutely. Fuck, I made I made the side by side. It got so on our Facebook page, and everybody was hysterical. I did the side by side of Raggedy Andy and him in the collage. And yep. I swear to Christ, there's no difference. He clearly had to put that on himself. Didn't know what the fuck he was doing, and Tony wasn't there at that point because that's very early on in COVID you know, USA history. And so she would have been allowed to go. It would have been one of those, oh, Jesus, you know, I got to get on the air. We have to have the visual. And that's where he's kind of stuck because if it was just radio or just, you know, podcasting, no problem. Right. And then you have beef in one of the shots where it's like her skeletal body in the camera with him in the wig. And it's like, oh my God, they look in, they look they don't even look human. Yeah, no, in, you, you got to you hit the nail right on the head. Um, the last clip, guys, is from uh, November, almost December of 2019. And he talks about, I don't know why. I think, I don't remember if this is when I got the file or that's when it was said. I think it was way earlier. I think it was probably, you know, the following year when he did this. And it's about accepting the gratuity that because it wasn't a union production, uh, Seinfeld did this show and at some point he did it non-union uh because it was just very ghetto style filmmaking makes perfect sense but he did uh, have to i guess it was customary to offer some kind of gratuity and wiggy of course accepted it but most people turned it down and then he outed him he shamed him oh i love this of course why wouldn't you wouldn't you think like if somebody offered you that wouldn't you just like give it as a tip to the waitress or something well coffee or something, yeah, absolutely. But he's like, uh, you'll listen to your for yourselves, guys. It's cringeworthy. I said, waiting for jelly. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was. I was shooting uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, which is Jerry Seinfeld show. Yeah, I showed my wife. She said, "You look like you played the piano," and I was like, "Yeah, he did like a pianist in that picture." Yeah, I look like you Beethoven. Coffee, I look like Beethoven <laughs> with that big hair, that big yeah, wild hair. Yeah, yeah, like Mozart or something. Yeah, that guy had big like curly from the right. three, uh, Larry from the Three Stooges <laughs> hair. Yeah. Okay, so we've acknowledged that it's hair. Okay, good. Sam, he does. He looks like you know one of our founding fathers on a really bad drug binge. Yeah. Where are you on the yeah, well, Jerry Jerry picks you up in a car at the front of the show, and they were like going to pick you me up at my apartment. Did, what? You know that's why I did. Remember about fifteen years ago, MTV. Uh, uh, I came to your show and I told you they wanted to do a show. Uh, I, I brought them a show and they were interested in it. And that was that was my show. I used to pick people up and. Okay, so Cribs, I guess he's that's what he's really talking about. But either way, between him and Dominic, do they have a phone connection? I don't understand how is it a is it a gimmick now? What's Still that? like Sh- that they don't shitty phone have. connection? Well, just from working where I work, I know that this happens yeah. still, but yeah. now that he's been on the show for so long it, this must just be on purpose right 
I have to figure that, but I mean, some people they use speakerphone instead of the actual, like the the same mic that you use during a call. For some reason, it's it's um um the the rendering on the other end is worse when it's on speakerphone. It's almost been shot into hyperdrive, maybe because it's become it's activated this. It's more sensitive all of a sudden because it has to get a a longer range of where you are. I don't imagine that mic should change based on whether you're on speakerphone or talking, but why? even in mid 2000, like early 2010s, should anybody sound that bad calling in on a cell phone or land? And they already, and they screen him. So they, they yeah. just give him a fucking phone. Well, yeah. Why not just give him a direct line or, well, cause that costs money, but then also why not just tell him, no, you're, you sound like shit. You can't call in. Yeah. Or give them, yeah, or make sure you can, yeah, I don't know why. I think it's, it's like a, It's like $10 a month to put a landline? <laughs> I have no idea. Cause an interview. Yeah, except he's Jerry Seinfeld and you're king of all blacks. Yeah, That's the I only difference. Well, anyway. All right. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, <sighs> it's so difficult to talk with him. Yeah. He doesn't let you do anything. Anyway, so they say to me, we're going to pick you up at your apartment and then drive you around. And I said, I don't want you to pick me up my apartment. I don't I don't like to have commotion in front of my apartment. Mm-hmm. So I said, go find an apartment somewhere else and I'll and you walk out and Yeah, so I did that. I was glad. Okay. That's that's utter bullshit. Commotion out in front of your apartment. You live in the Millennium Towers, I believe, mm-hmm. which is just commotion in general. Yeah. You well, live in one of the most Yeah. Frequented metropolis areas busiest com- it is commotion right and let's go back in time even in 2000 fucking 7 2005 2002 no one's going to crowd the streets in new york because he's walking through or because him and jerry are filming something people might get their phones out and take pictures some like from across the street or something like that or they may look and point or who knows and just just watch but no one's going to crowd around him there's not going to be a fucking commotion keith richards be walking down broadway you know reading a book and no one's going to bother him because that's the city new york's yeah new york's not like la it's very different and people like carrie like uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is filming Sex in the City right now. I mean, pe- nobody cares. No, I mean, no people just the, it's, it's because, New York. Because it's New York. It's New York, absolutely. And there, there is there's it's an ism, but it's true. And if you want to be left by your own devices, that's how most people are. It'd be just like um, who's that guy? Who's guys that does the uh, barstool sports? Dave Dave Portnoy. Mm-hmm. When he does, he's the one that does the one, one slice reviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And people are walking by and they're just kind of casual, but they don't like go up and like, you know, glad hand him and gr- jump on him and fucking mob him because they want to be on camera because, you know, they're star fuckers. People just gonna go, Hey man, that's a good place. You know, yeah, thanks. He, you know, he, he came here and <laughs> he came here and the, did he give person- your joint, the, did he give the joint a bad review? <laughs> So Dave Portnoy came here to Buffalo and you can look it up, but the pizza joint is mafia owned. Well, they were, <laughs> they, they were in the mob apparently. Well, I don't know. I'm assuming they're not anymore, but whatever, who cares? Yeah. Anyways, the, it's hysterical because the guy is clearly an old mobster 
and he won't let him leave. And he's an old mafia guy and he's taking him through the whole restaurant and into the freezer and all these places. And Dave Portnoy is hysterical. And he goes, and then, and then in this freezer and he goes, whoa, whoa, <laughs> it is hysterical. And he goes, and this is my bathroom. Yeah. And it, it is the, if you guys what look this up, uh, Portnoy Buffalo, you you'll you'll love it it's hysterical anyways but new york city nobody cares everybody goes about their business and everybody has stuff stuff to do like uh good morning america the the today show everybody's leaving their apartments and filming shit nobody cares yeah no one gives a fuck i think it was more about i don't want people to see where i live as if they don't already know like, like I don't want to live there for 20 years. Right. I don't want people to know I have a wig, even though I wear it every fucking day. Like we, as if we, we already know shithead. So wherever I was, I was in somebody's building. Yeah. And I was standing there and Tony, the hairdresser snapped off a picture of me because everyone tells me from the show, Jason, every minute says, you've got to tweet. You've got to tweet. And I go, why? Because it's important. So just whenever you're doing something, just take a picture of what you're doing. Stop and do it. You know, take a picture. That's way too much work for fucking King Baby. So I said, okay. But what was Tony doing there? I thought this was no hair, no makeup. I brought Tony. Fuck that. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I go, I go, Jerry. <laughs> I love that. He just admitted I had well, to look. I had to dress up the part. I'm a girl and yeah. I'm shocked. Well, you know this about him. You know he can't go anywhere without fucking 20 people touching him up to make him look less subhuman. It's just... It's such a failed effort. What would you do? Like, you have to curl something? (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't wigs. Wigs can maintain a shape, but they can lose it as well. Yes, they do need some maintenance, I'm certain. Uh, But at the same time, don't you have at this point, uh, like, don't you have... I don't know, products to make it look the way you want that you did. Do you really need a hair person at that point? I don't think so. I, I just can't imagine what they were thinking. I think it was makeup. I think it's strictly makeup and less about the hair. I think it was all about directing the stuff to make it look part of just the right amount, the right amount of gel. Cause I can't touch it. I'm stupid. My eyes don't work. And then foundation and all that shit on his face. Well, because he looks like help. a wax. He looks like a wax figure in that video. Well, God, didn't do any yeah. good. No, it didn't. No, you have a hair and makeup. Uh, th- oh, no one's ever asked for that before. I was like, <laughs> what? In show business, no one ever asked for a makeup person. Well, Jerry looked awfully quaffed. And yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. He put on he whatever looked- he was wearing. He looked pretty just for his age, pretty normal. He was like a dad jeans. He looked yeah. fucking regular. Yeah, he just, you know. I, I mean, I, I think they said, well, no one ever asked for that before. There's a weird thing with Jerry's yeah. show, too. That, um, yeah, so, so Tony, I brought Tony. And uh, anyway, there's this weird thing that goes on. Could you imagine if Artie was there or it was back in the day? Oh, yeah. What they would be saying. Artie would be doing that laughter, that just right off the mic laughter that he does whenever someone says something stupid. <laughs> like, I remember, just... they, remember they had the stripper in and they asked her what what, uh, what was a feline? And she goes, you know, a line where people get money. And, uh, <laughs> and Artie starts dying laughing. 
<laughs> that is fucking great. Or with the Kathy Jones clip, you know, where she goes, the guy goes, take it, you old fucking hack. And he just dies <laughs> laughing. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about that clip makes me laugh. And, uh, and then. Yeah, but, no, nobody, nobody there to give him any shit. So it's just regular that he could say. Yeah. That, yeah, nobody brought any hair or makeup people except for me, Belle of the Ball, Howard Stern. Well, hero. <laughs> there's one clip I have, I'm sure I've put it in a drop where um, they were asking, who would you kill? Like so and so or so and so? Like who would you keep, keep in your life? So they were doing like Sal versus Richard. You got to kill one, save one. And then they said Ronnie versus Ralph. He goes, I'd keep Ralph, of course. And Ar- Artie goes, your stylist? You know, you can't yeah. live without a stylist. <laughs> The guy that picks out your clothes. And does a horrible job at it. Right. It was unbelievable. They say, they said to my assistant, Jerry's going to hand Howard an envelope of money. So I was like, what do you mean? It's an honorarium. I guess like, you know, when you do Letterman, you get paid. Right, you get paid. I said, that's embarrassing. I don't want Jerry to hand me. Jerry's giving you money? Yeah, I was like, well, should, like, shouldn't those guys just send me a check? Like, that's what Letterman, Letterman doesn't hand me an envelope. Like, no, he doesn't palm you some cash. I mean, that would be kind of <laughs> funny if Letterman actually handed you your check after you appear <laughs> on the show. Again, non-union, non-union production versus union production versus, you know, big production versus, you know, indie, indie production. I hate that he says honorarium. It sounds like, yeah. sounds like. He's getting a degree. It sounds, yeah, it sounds like he's being honored, and yeah. I hate that so much. Not like, I felt like Jerry's hooker, but anyway, so so I hear this information from my assistant, Laura, and, and she says, yeah, well, the way it works is uh, you sign these releases, and Jerry uh, is going to walk over and hand you an envelope. I go, I, I just find that highly embarrassing, but. Why should I be embarrassed? All right, if that's what he the, wants to do. Yeah, I'm not going to embarrass Jerry by not taking it. All right, well, yeah. So anyway, we're standing in a diner in Astoria, and all of a sudden, Jerry walks over to me with an envelope. So I find this interesting because I'm thinking of the inner workings of his people, Jerry's, Jerry's people, Howard's people. So oh, yeah. you have these teams of people so yeah you have the production right you have the producers you have the directors you have jerry then mm-hmm. you have howard tony ralph uh laura and so you have the communique of howard's top level assistant yeah the and upper then you echelon. must have and then you must have somebody on jerry's team communicating with somebody on Howard's team. Sure. And then and then Jerry just walks over. <laughs> yeah. So then it's like it's so funny how the communication is going from these, you know, upper echelon of people. Well, well that is supposed to be as opposed to being just two guys in the business right. saying, why can't we meet for coffee? I'm going to hand you this. We're going to film it. Yeah, that the other part is I'm certain this is there's no way that Jerry didn't intend for this to be part of the video. It is hysterical. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> and he just walks over. You know, and I and I go, well, what's what this? It? And he goes, oh, the, here's some money for you for doing the show. I said, 
it's not necessary. Uh, you know, I, I I felt funny. You know, right? He goes, no, no, no. This is this is who you get paid. So I took the envelope <laughs> and I shoved it in my pocket, thinking, all right, you know what? What the hell? I'll I'll donate it to North Shore Animal League. So you know, you know, it just felt weird. Yeah. So you know that because it got communicated from Jerry's team he to knew Howard. He knew this was going to happen. He knew it he would happen. Sign, yeah, he had to he sign away waiting, the waivers. And he was waiting to hear back, I'm sure, from Howard's team what they were going to do with the money. So yeah. normally, I'm assuming... Once they heard that there was going to be, there's no union, there's going to be money involved. I'm sure everybody's personal assistant or whoever is in their team, like say Eddie Murphy's would say, no, that's not necessary. Donate it to whatever charity you're involved in. Or no, that's not necessary. Give it to the waitress serving coffee or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Give it to Sally Ann. I'm sure it's communicated before they do the episode. Absolutely. Yep. So picture this being communicated to Laura and Laura not saying anything back to Jerry's assistant about it. So right. Jerry was probably like, wait, he didn't say anything he did, about he didn't say give it away or he didn't. He didn't communicate what to do with the money. No, that's why that's why they wanted this filmed, because they wanted that's to make him look like a cheap piece of shit. Personally, yes, and he wanted film, but he wanted evidence, and so Wiggy had to beg them after the fact to take that out of the broadcast. So I forgot about it. Then he's driving me home, and he goes, "You know, most people don't take that envelope." <laughs> so I go, oh! "I go, what?" <laughs> I get you here, Benji. <laughs> Bingo! I'm yeah. right. This yeah. is why I get paid an honorarium. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it, thank it's, you guys. It's, I love you. I just, I like, I don't know what I could do. Tweet Jerry and say, please, please fucking release that. If you ever make a DVD set, put that in the outtakes. You have to. Yeah. For that, for all the shit he gave you, please just right. release that. Yeah. And, and he, and the guy, if he signed away the waivers, there's nothing he can do about it anyway. So no different than, uh, Carrie and I are going to be uh, by by we're going to record this week um, the stuttering John lawsuit and explain why that was destined to failure, not just because it was stuttering John, but because of, you know, precedence and what have you. Um, but um, Wiggy doing this, he's asked millions of people to sign away their video rights to go in in the show and be filmed. So he'd be stuck. He'd have to look like a shithead in perpetuity. So you've embarrassed me. I go, Jerry, here and I take the envelope and I throw it down on the dashboard. I go. This is crazy. I said, I, I, you guys. Is just, that like one of his, his tests? It was a test. Oh, I, or, I don't know what it was. I, I, I got embarrassed. I said, I, I said, please give it to, does your wife have a chart? I know she has baby buggy. I said, give it to baby buggy. Or I'll... See that you hear the disdain. I know she has baby buggy, but like, he doesn't give a fuck about charity. I think it's called, it's not baby buggy. It's. <laughs> he got it wrong. Yeah. It's, um. I do know. I, he, I knew. I know she has a charity. Absolutely. I don't know. Just yeah. Don't it's um. The name of it. <laughs> it's called the Good Foundation. G O O D. No E. Yeah. G O O D Foundation. Okay. It does give and donate baby buggies and baby okay. things. Okay. But 
it's not called the baby buggy. It just <laughs> donates baby things. That would be like that would be like the war amps. It's calling the war amps the hand and foot thing, you know. Or like the cat litter charity. <laughs> Give it to Beth or or, or not. I, I wasn't looking for it to be paid. I did it out of friendship. You didn't know there was when you I accepted didn't, you no. didn't know this envelope was involved. No, I didn't know anything about it. So I said, uh, out of curiosity, he goes, no, 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 you have to take it. I said, all right, out of curiosity, who turned down the envelope? He goes, well, Alec Baldwin didn't take it. <laughs> and he had a whole list of different. Okay, he knew about it. You're right. He, there's no way he didn't know about it. This is just revisionist history for the make for the purposes of making Jerry sound like an idiot. But if he's doing this, they would have told him exactly what was going to be happening. Because if they have to arrange to film him at his house and he goes, oh, no, we're going to have to be somewhere else because I don't want people outside my house. That's also part of the filming process, this envelope thing. So he would have known about it. There's just no way. See how he's saying who didn't take it? Nobody. That's nobody. Nobody yeah. took it except yeah. for you. Well, and like later I said, on, he'll, he'll say Don, he'll say Don Rickles took it. But but like I said, the people in Jerry's camp were probably like this fuck mm -hmm. didn't say anything about giving it back, and so Jerry is totally milking this. So oh, he yeah. knew Howard was gonna. He knew how Howard is. So Howard's sitting here, just like he was talking shit in the episode, say something negative about this person or this person. He knew Howard was going to say, oh, come on. Tell me who took the envelope. Tell me yep. who didn't take the envelope. He knew. He put, he's so, he, it's so easy. And the only reason Stern was divulging this was to beat Jerry to the punch in case he did release it so that he could give his spin before it came out, if it came out, which it never did. So stupidly, he just he could have just kept his mouth shut, but he didn't know it wasn't going to get released. And this is exactly what he does when it's bad press before it's released. Yep. Like he does when he seems like a floundering idiot for things mm -hmm. that don't make sense yep. in the press. He did it for, uh, multiple times. Oh, yeah. People, he goes, well, Letterman didn't. I said, did Letterman take it? He goes, no, Letterman didn't take it. I go. I said, what did Don Rickles do? He goes, oh, he took the envelope. <laughs> I said, you know what? If it's good enough for Don Rickles, I it's took the envelope and I shoved it in my pocket. <laughs> do you know how little money Rickles was actually making unless he was performing? Like he Rickles got he did steady. Don't don't get me wrong. Rickles was making decent money as a veteran comic going to Vegas and doing these things. But do you know what the what the the level of difference in finances that Letterman and Don Rickles fucking have, or Baldwin, like bonafide movie stars. Don was in Beach Blanket Bingo for fuck's sake. He was in like you know, he 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 was in. He's the voice of Toy Story. Voice actors don't get paid like regular actors. The show business game yes. completely evolved. Actors back then were like workhorses. They I were mean, God, like, yeah, they were they were just look contract at Judy players. Garland. Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> And the and the conveyor belt pictures they put her on and the fucking pills they gave her to just stay up and get up and then go to sleep and all that shit. It's ne it's it's awful in in the case like Judy, poor Judy. The, those tapes that we you know laugh at those you know for all for as funny as they are, those were there for a reason. They work those people to death. Oh yeah. Um, the other thing is Jerry did not include 
something like this to Don because he respects Don. He does not respect Wiggy. That's and, and the other thing is Don was a comedy legend and he knew Jerry knew full well that Don wasn't making Seinfeld money. So of course he would take it and maybe he would give it off to charity, but that's his business. And look, and look at the um, offense. It reminds me of the uh, uh, the post Emily who dates men successfully. Successfully, it's, it's, it's very, it's very much like this. Very much floundering. Well, and then when I got home, I, g- I gave it to uh, Tony. Does not all of it. I gave uh-huh. some of it to Tony and said, "The bet, take the rest and um, do it for Was your charity." It cash? It's an octopus. It's an octopus drenched in oil on an ice floe, trying to get traction. <laughs> Yeah, Beth, Beth, take, take it for your uh, uh, your, uh, your purse. Scam, scam charity. charity. Yeah. What's that? It's called an honorarium. It's like a per diem or something. All right. Yeah. A per diem? It's not a per where, diem. Where are, you, where are you staying, Howard, that you need a per diem? Are you out of town working somewhere? What a fucking idiot. And per diem, for those who are not in business and, and don't know enough about it, that's fine. Uh, per diems are what actors get for day-to-day expenses on a movie set. And that can range from literally $5, $10, $20,000 a day. If you're guys like Jim Carrey, it's massive money. And that's what a lot of them use to pay off underlings or whatever, so it doesn't cost them a fucking cent. Or even if like you're on a job and you're training somewhere, they'll give you a per diem for food. Yes. Absolutely. Like a voucher almost, except it's, you know, money. Not everybody. He didn't mention everybody that's done the show. No. Some people well, take it. Well, I took it. <laughs> I should forget. I mean, it was becoming a very big issue. I didn't I didn't know what to do. I was very now, confused. Now, is this on camera or off camera? Oh, everything's on camera. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I don't even think it'll make it into the show because there were so many other interesting moments. I told you the whole thing's only 20 minutes. I'm actually going to ask Jerry if... He oh, use- this we- is... So like the Emily Stern floundering. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to play that guys. You've heard it. It's on, it's on the channel and stuff. And you, you know, if you want it, I can play it another time. But I'll definitely isolate it for a future drop because my God, it was so much fun. But I fucking love my kids. I fucking love my kids. (laughs) They're fucking amazing. They're fucking amazing. Yeah. And I just really don't, I I don't, you know, uh, uh, and, but whatever. (laughs) <laughs> they date men successfully. Beth and they get along with Beth. It's a great relationship. But it's fine, you know. Okay, yeah, sure. One last thing before we go, guys. Um, we wanted to play this bit that was not included in the thing about TM, and it was again released as a promo for TM. It's six minutes long. We'll just play a little bit of it for you, not much, and then I'm going to read something someone wrote about being involved in TM that we think you'll enjoy. Yep, Sam. Before we play this, I remember when uh, trying, just because Howard was into TM, just like Googling, you know, what it was like and trying to do it myself just from Googling what to do. And, you know, you chant something and blah, blah, blah. It is the worst. I could never get into this if you paid me. Never. This is. Okay, I'm going to read I'm just going to read this thing first before we go into it. It's uh, on a website called High Existence and it's just about this person that paid 2500 bucks to to do TM. I just could so, not. So she said meditation is an ancient technique for relaxing and it comes in a variety of forms. Some focus on breathing, others on on an object like a flame or a bowl of water. Mindfulness meditation adds on the directive to be attentive to feelings of gratitude and not to be an asshole. 
<laughs> so it's clearly working with Howard. There's even a form that makes the orgasm the focus in reaching a meditative state. This is what the person has said. Uh, wouldn't yeah. it? Okay, but if your focus is on reaching an orgasm, yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Well, I could I could meditate on that all day long, okay. <laughs> but if the focus is on just chanting, fuck that. So the thing is, she continues here. Um, the pretty much any word or syllable will do they, that they give you uh, as a mantra. Despite the hype of TM, which insists that a mantra can only be given by a quote qualified instructor, the TM initiate oh. is told never to release, reveal her mantra under any circumstances, lest its magic be lost. My instructor suggested that he had some particular insight into me choosing my mantra, but this is utter nonsense. People who have taught TM have admitted that they are given a list of mantras they're supposed to divvy out according to age and gender. Nothing mystical about it. Here's one list which contains a version of my personal mantra in violation of the sacred rules of tm i'm now going to reveal it to you ima that's my mantra two syllables vaguely pleasant sounding if i repeat it consistently for several minutes i begin to feel a little spacey the same thing happens i've found when i repeat the word tallahassee <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let me read the rest of this. My boyfriend was horrified that I had paid 2500 to learn TM. His course cost him a mere 50 bucks back in 1973, and as it turned out, turns out, he had long ago dispensed with the mantra business and simply focused on an image when he sat down to meditate, which happened to be the sound of the blind on his childhood window tapping in the wind, a sound that to him signaled relaxation. Technically, he wasn't even doing TM. He was simply relaxing for an hour a day. <laughs> to achieve a similar result, some people take a nap. Others go for a walk. You could add all kinds of fancy components to a relaxing activity like walking and call it globally conscious perambulation or other such bullshit and require the muttering of special words and the donning of special attire, but it would still be a walk. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. So when my daughter used to fall asleep, I would have a sound machine and it would be rain sounds. Mm -hmm. So to this day, she loves sleeping to rain sounds like that's how she and when she relaxes she always puts rain sounds on her ipad right but that's interesting so it's just it means nothing there, there's no mantra you don't need special clothes it's all bullshit and i, I thought the same it. thing yeah like, i read into cares? it more i read into it a lot more and like the david lynch, lynch foundation a lot of it they they say it's it's it is a cult but it's not a cult in the negative sense of the like waco the koresh cult or scientology for example which are very uh, closed door. But in this case, it's more like um, the they say that the, the people that pay the large amounts, that's really paying for a veteran or a child who doesn't have the money to go and do it because there are different fees, different levels of fees. But in the end, you're better off going to a fucking isolation tank and having your all your stimulus void for an hour. When, you know, the what do you call those things? Um, um, God, not isolation tank. But uh, sensory deprivation tanks—they used to be all the—they yeah. used to be all the rage. You're in a foot of water, sea salt, and you're supposed to float for an hour naked. And there's no sound. There's no—I mean, there's the sound of the water, obviously, but there's little bit of music to pipe you in, and then five minutes of music near the end. I've never done it, but I've read about it, and they say there's more health benefits to this in terms of getting rid of anxiety, neuroses. Um, there's supposedly some health benefits to it that that are you know on par but better than tm so when wiggy talks about tm to him it's fucking napping i'm sorry i don't believe he he meditates with a mantra what's the mantra 
cock, cock, oh. cock, you know. Or like his beard just laying on the floor with a cat on her chest. Right. right. Come on. Yeah, it's 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 dressing it up in, in, in horse shit. That's that's my opinion. So this is him and Seinfeld talking about TM. And this was clearly a shill for the David Lynch Foundation. I'll tell you my greatest regret. I didn't know the importance of that morning TM in those days. Wow. If I had two TMs, I'd still be doing the show now. Right. I did not have the energy. I was exhausted. Sometimes you painfully think- exhausted all the time. Yeah. See, for me knowing what TM essentially is, is a minute. It's a minute. People. It's actually supposed to be 20 minutes. Okay. But he's saying, I didn't know the importance. I didn't. People don't have the luxury of having 20 minutes of time. Most people, most working class people don't have 20 minutes of time to sit there and chant in the morning. That's correct. And Sorry. yeah, this is yeah, this is very much uh, you know a very rarefied thing for people or unemployed people. Who, great, yeah, if you can, you know, you've got all the time in the world. You've got no kids. You've got no responsibilities. But the, and they'll say Howard will say later on in this clip, which we won't play, that it's finding the time to do it. But I, I don't believe because he has a tutor for everything. He's probably still was doing TM wrong when he was really into it. And he'll go in and explain about how his mother discovered it when he was 18. And her sister died and she watched Maharishi on TV and became part of it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not discounting it for people who do it and get something out of it. But don't dress it up as something it's not. And I totally think like if meditation does something for you, because you can definitely find I good. That's great. And if you find time for stuff, that's great, too. Right. I, I just think it's like, oh, I I wish I would have known. It, it's just people don't normally have the kind of time. No, that's right. Remember, I would rehearse all day with the actors and then sit down with Larry and start writing the script. Can you believe you did? I bet you now you can't even imagine doing that. No, I can imagine you it. Can? I'm an animal. You talk about transcendental meditation for me, um, especially I started doing it just you know, at 18 years old. And uh, my mother brought me to a TM center. My mother. Like was, she took you shopping for clothes from the negligee for Allison. She took you to a fucking this this attached to the hip to his mother, even for this bullshit. It's very bizarre. I yeah. even this. It's just yeah. wait, it's, it's, wait, she. It, it's too it's cultish really talking leading. about a cult. Yeah, I, I just I don't want to refer to it to as a cult, which I already have, but it is akin to that the way they speak about it because again it's six minute chill and I you can see why they didn't include it because there's no comedy whatsoever. There's nothing funny about this clip. Well, in Howard's case, for his mother, like. We said he couldn't do anything by himself. Shopping, right? friends, social activities, like anything. He couldn't do it himself. No. And he didn't and she, want to. Right. And she had a problem with her depression, which makes perfect sense. I mean, you're, you're, you've lost a sibling. That, that would make any sane, rational person uh, depressed. But it wasn't his depression. He'll, ta- he'll tell you, oh, it affected him. But no, it didn't. Very depressed. Because her sister the only way it affected him was because his mother couldn't do what she normally did, which was everything for him. And now all of a sudden Wait. she was in a funk. So it wasn't about getting her better. It was getting her to the point where she could do everything for him again. You know what? I never realized that until you just said that. It's because she wasn't doting on him Bingo. and and being obsessed with him the same 
level that right. she was before because she was sad. And if part of TM is supposed to make you not an asshole, it's clearly not working for him. And it never worked for him because he's just a, one of the biggest assholes. So I think that TM for him was like anything to get her to pay attention to me again. Yep. Absolutely. So he could mouth the rhetoric and he could talk about it, but wouldn't actually do it. It was just all oh, this, how I can bond with my mother even more, even though I've still got the fucking umbilical cord tied to me. And her sister was like her mother. They were they were born on the same day, a year apart. And when my aunt died, very young, my mother got really bad. You know, I, I didn't know if she was going to go upstairs and kill herself or what she was going to do. But I would sit there with her, and my father would come home and say, "Listen," he'd say, "Let's become alcoholics. If that'll help you, I'll start drinking heavily with you." And you know, he, he couldn't think. Okay, we've heard this story before too. You want to play this out just a little bit? He's flippant about it, but Ben was probably quite serious about, look, whatever you need to get through this, I'll do it with you. He's focusing on the booze thing because it seems so extreme, but it isn't if you think about it. A lot of people are functional alcoholics, live their lives, functional drug abusers, fuck's sake. Artie was on his show how long doing heroin. True. I also think, too, Howard is just like, how can we get this back on me? Yeah. My father said that to my mother. So I only tell you this because how profound it really is. He's a good man. It profoundly depressed that she was. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It was that bad. She tried psychiatry, but she didn't like that idea. Very closed off to it. Nothing worked. I go off to college. I get a call my freshman year from a woman who sounded completely different. I, I can't tell you what's happened in my life. I feel unbelievable. I'm going to leave it at there, guys, because it, it's just another, again, it's a long fucking poem to uh, TM. And clearly, whatever benefits Ray got from it, it was good. That's not what Howard got from it. God, no. It just got him. He probably, it probably was like marbles, marbles, you know, in the, in the crouching position, whatever. Yeah, that's a great point. Line. I want to know what TM does to a narcissist. Exactly. Is there, is there any effect? More. I wonder about that. So that's that's a I'll leave it to you guys and any of you QFers who have had experience doing this or still do it currently. God bless you if it helps you. But get, let us know your thoughts about it and um, and what you think, how it relates to Howard in his, you know, history of bullshitting about it, uh, because I don't think he's been completely honest, any more honest about TM than he has about just about anything else. Sam. And if any of you guys do TM, not knocking it. I mean, if it works for you, good. Right. I'm so glad. Uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much for sticking through this one. We've hope you, we hope you've enjoyed what we put together. And uh, for those of you new to the channel, because we get people constantly daily, uh, the channel's just building and building. So thank you all. Uh, check us out on Patreon, Black Kluge level. $5 or more gets you the weekly content on Patreon. We work with Carrie, uh, Deborah, uh, Bob D. He does... Uh, Everybody does regular episodes on Sunday, but the Patreon stuff is special. It's weekly, bonafide, guaranteed. No no need for a refund. You're going to enjoy it just as much as any Sunday episode. And Sam and, and Raven will be doing um, Patreon stuff as well from time to time. I really love... It's such cool, unique, different voices and perspectives that you don't normally get from the regular weekly show. So it's definitely worth it. So That's great. Right. 
Yeah. And um, just so you guys know, uh, if you want us to break down the Mick Jagger stuff, we are going to, but we're going to make that a Patreon episode specifically because we're 100% certain that that is going to get scrubbed from the YouTube channel because it was a pre-recorded thing and they've ID tagged it and it'll just be a waste of time to make a video of it. And just because of what they did for our, uh, what was it, uh, Roger Arsenio. Waters? Oh, no, the um, Robert Plant. N Oh, I'm sorry, Robert Plant. They but they did they did that for that and Arsenio, which was really odd because the Arsenio interview was actually one of his better interviews because of Arsenio, and yet that yeah. was they took that one they that they would they wouldn't allow that one to be on YouTube. I'm like, why not? That's actually a crown jewel at this point in Howard's career. I know, and we didn't go over thirty seconds or anything. It was no bizarre. Yes, yeah, so that one that one we figured was pre-recorded because that only happens with pre-recorded stuff. And guys like Isaac Lightfoot do a great job in figuring out that um and Jeremy Shepard also did figure out that something has been rendered dateless or there's an incongruous thing with the day of release that they figured guaranteed pre-recording. Uh, sometimes it's just an audio glitch as well. Also, Deborah's voice, if you haven't heard it on Patreon, it's like uh <laughs> it's so good. Thank you guys for supporting us. We love you. Take care out there. Bye, guys. Oh, just real quick. I was also calling because uh, I just wanted to Bye. see my two <laughs> See you later. Of June. Thanks, Eric. Back back. <laughs> back back. All right, buddy. Back back. Eric, what, I couldn't hear you. What did you say? I said that. Sure, yeah, Take care, man. <laughs> Don't ever call back. <laughs>